be ready to smash some meat together until we produce a couple of genuine wrestle boys. Hello, welcome to Genuine Wrestle Boys, a podcast of four friends made better friends through the love of professional wrestling. I'm Derek. Matt here. Zach. I'm Katie? Oh, I guess I'm Isai. <laughs> nice. What's up? Hello. Uh, no, I'm Derek. I That's chose Isai. to still be myself because I don't want to be none of y'all scrubs. That's, <laughs> That's fair. Well, I'm going to leave now. I hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, uh, we have a special guest today. Yeah. Uh, it's Isa. <laughs> it's Isa. Returning. <laughs> you scrubbed? Yeah. <laughs> no, Returning hi. Returning favorite. Oh, thank you. Katie. Wow. That's some high compliment. I appreciate that. You're it is. It's third, Katie. Hi. Third, third recurring guest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's a few times. Zeno, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zeno's definitely the top. I think yeah. he's made the his presence. He's made his presence known uh, pretty often. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That is my son. Yeah. So. Let's Little get boy. let's get the bullshit out of the way. Um, you can follow us on the internet at places. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, so we don't forget later on. We're at yeah. ease-drop.com. Listen to the podcast on this network. They're great. Mm-hmm. There's um, so many good podcasts on this network, y'all. Yeah, there's one called Dealing With It. It's fine. That's pretty cool. It's the time I talk just, to my mom in the week. <laughs> just like the name states, I just kind of deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Wow, we're just cutting to the court. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um... We, yeah, should we, should yeah we, you can follow us at Genuine Russell Boys on Instagram at Russell Boys Cast on on Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. go yeah. to um, bit.ly slash suck your own and listen to a book, you dang marks. Or yeah. bit.ly forward slash Russell Boys merch. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Dang marks. Buy a shirt, you dang marks. Or just hit me up. I went from my trunk. Trunk shirt. They're still in my trunk because I don't clean my car. If that's not incentive to buy one, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Help him clean his yeah. car. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a mess. Um, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the week. The week. The week. The week. It's Wednesday. I'm giving you 20 <laughs> minutes. It's Wednesday, July 10th. You mm-hmm. know what that means. The year of our Lord, 2019. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I um, I didn't watch NXT because oh, I came here. Oh, we did watch that. Wednesday. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, Someone tweeted uh, Io. That's all they said yeah, within I, the first five minutes. Well, to be uh-huh. fair, well, they're a the big fan thing. of Captain Io, oh, the okay. Michael Jackson thing at Disneyland. Oh, okay. Oh. Ooh. Everyone should be uh, careful with the uh, how much you enjoy the Michael Jackson thing. Yeah, they should. I didn't say I, it was a good thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good. Yeah, EO came out with a uh, a new theme song. Yeah, and she's a, super emo now. A new Hell, yeah. Really a, hot. A new edgy attitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Queen's Quest is back. Yeah, she was basically like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what anyone thinks. I think she said two lines. I don't need friends, and I don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> I think nice. that was it. <laughs> yeah. She dropped the mic. Start a You Ain't Shit stable with Bailey. Ooh, Fuck yeah. hell yeah. Okay, I'm actually starting the timer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, there was another match with Jordan Miles and... Uh, the the former ACH and... Uh, and then the guy who's current, Boa... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. ACH is really talented. Yeah, and he does smile a lot. He mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, there was a promo for Killian Dane. Uh, yeah, they did one last attorney. week as well. 
and looked so, pretty sweet. I just recently watched the last week's NXT. And that Adam Cole, like, Bay Bay Celebration Tour. Oh, it's so good. Like, him going to Gargano's pizza place. God, uh, Papa Gargano. Yeah. Just was so good in that. He played his part so well. And then, like, him hanging up his own picture on the wall. It's like Mm -hmm. a champion you can can be be proud proud of. of. Yeah. Yeah. And then going into the AIW, like, wrestling school and saying, hey, none of you guys can be champion. It was a lie. You guys should quit now. Take the pizza I bought you and go home and just watch TV. And then get out of Cleveland. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. very good. He was like running down Johnny for coming in and saying that they could do anything that they wanted to. And he's like, but you can't. I'm going to do you a favor. Yeah, Johnny was a fluke. Like, <laughs> it was also, it was so good. Like, I rarely, like, I try really hard to not um, make Anya watch wrestling. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, you have to see this. Like, it's, it's so very good. <laughs> A good clip. I don't try at all to not make Jenna watch wrestling. She has to suffer through shoot interviews and like dumb wrestling that I just want to watch. And she's like, "Can we watch anything else?" And then for about a day and a half, we did the Stranger Things. Oh, nice! And now we're back. Yeah, <laughs> got a little things, break. Uh, that was great. It was. Yeah. I what liked you think it. about Stranger Things. Yeah, I thought that third season was better than the second. Just, oh, yeah, I, agree. I agree. Definitely, I liked I it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was just really good. Everybody yeah. check out Stranger Things. Except Jimmy, Jimmy Bowman, don't watch. No, that. Jimmy, you got it. Jimmy, Jimmy, have you ever seen Stranger Things? <laughs> that, that's an ongoing joke on that baseball show. <laughs> Jimmy's never seen Stranger Things. Kind of wild. Uh, well, if you never have, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then also on NXT, the Street Profits uh, against uh, Lorcan and Birch in the main event. Which was, it was sweet, you know? Heavy hitting. I, I would enjoy that. I yeah. love Lorcan and Birch. So. They're awesome. Katie and I were just talking about what we were watching. Yeah. There's like, they had some heel moments. Mm-hmm. And in general, I feel like their character is like, they're just really good wrestlers. Like they, they have both heel moments and face moments, but they're just like hard hitting wrestlers. They just wear little black yep. trunks yeah. and they wrestle good. And that's yeah. their thing. So one, Oni puts up the one, mm-hmm. Danny Burch puts up the two. Yeah. That's it. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Fittingly, they never win matches because they never get the three. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's true though. Um, and then Lorcan also had another good showing on 205. Nice. Against Davari in a wild ass... Uh, extreme rules match. He weighs under two hundred five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. He's a skinny little boy. Yeah. He's just very cut and hairy and has the weirdest voice. <laughs> Biff. Biff. But no, like it was great. Um, and then SmackDown was really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I heard. No, I actually watched it this week. Yeah, it was great. Enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, Kevin Owens is. Um, I did see that promo. He is coming and becoming the face that he was gonna be before Brian was like kind of written off as injured and then came back so mm. i mean interrupting a dolph interview with your car horn over and over that automatically makes you a face <laughs> hell yeah it does mm-hmm. first off like is dolph gonna go away again probably i'm waiting for it <sighs> he's got some really shitty clubs to go to comedy in yeah he's got to do his right wing do comedy. not understand yeah and go hang out with rob schneider <laughs> ew no you can do it well, probably help his brother make a <laughs> shitty movie yeah a shitty brother make a shitty movie. <laughs> I don't know if his brother's actually shitty. Well, wasn't he doing the tr- the Trump uh, gimmick in Mexico? No, that was Corey Graves' brother. Oh, that's right. Okay, Sam Adonis. Sorry, Ryan, Ryan, sorry, Ryan Nemeth. Yeah, Ryan Nemeth really hasn't done anything in wrestling <laughs> except make a movie. It's supposed to be actually pretty good, from what I can see. And Trent Beretta likes him, so okay. He, I think he. That means he must be weird. Yeah, yeah. it's a vote of confidence. That at least he's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they built up Samoa Joe as just like this fucking menacing force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's uh, f- 
just he's scary. He's a scary boy. And he can take like those weird Vince McMahon ass like verbiage and lines and just like make him feel real. Mm-hmm. His, which, his promo this week, like I was watching it, I was like, this is the like closest thing to Jake the Snake I've got like seen in a minute. Like he kept getting quieter, camera kept like zooming in on him, like literally having to do like the Jake the Snake like speak quieter so people have to like lean forward and listen to you thing. Like yeah. it was very good. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought the the three way match with uh Otis, Brian, and Xavier was cool. Yeah, oh, that sounds that's, fun. That's a wild I know. Match. I like I like how Otis is getting himself over there. He is because mm-hmm. he's just a fucking just enigma. Well, and it seems yeah. like they moved away from the pretty lady stuff. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's still somewhere there. I hope it's uh not somewhere there. It's just not the focal point. He is so wide. Yeah. Oh man, he's a box of human beings. <laughs> he's How? frighteningly wide. Yeah. And so it's just weird to see him in there, but he can move really well. I thought they did that like really well, especially like, kicking everybody out. Everybody kind of had a chance to get over, and Daniel Bryan's working extra hard to make sure everybody gets over in that mm-hmm. match. He and, want, he's like he is legitimately trying to rebuild that division, like as the champion. And like, it seems rad. like when he's talking about it, like it's real, because I feel like he gets he's one of the people that gets um, the vote of confidence from the back where they don't necessarily give him lines because mm-hmm. everything he says doesn't sound like Vince McMahon. Yeah. It doesn't sound like weird verbiage. It doesn't sound like somebody's writing it for him. Mm-hmm. There's like, all right, fucker, go say whatever you want. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I will. <laughs> Cause he actually says wrestler and wrestling and he yeah. doesn't see like title opportunity. <laughs> it's uh, I just, I don't think Vince like, can understand what he's saying enough to know that he's saying those banned words. I just don't get it. He's so short and doesn't even eat meat. <laughs> I can't even listen to him. Tell, tell me when he gets off the damn screen. <laughs> he smells like Nog Champa. <laughs> uh, we got about 13 minutes. Talk about uh, the G1. Oh, the G1 show on uh, Saturday from New It was Japan. so good. It was mm-hmm. really good. Oh, but we didn't see the main event yet. Uh-oh. Oh, Tanahashi and Okada? Yeah. It's Tanahashi and Okada. That's okay. Yeah. Kind of why I wasn't jumping necessarily right at No, you it. need to. Like uh, That's like the reason why you need to. Here's a, like, you you think like Tanahashi and Okada, like, oh, it's Cena versus Orton. Like, it's yeah. not going to be good. It's going to be the same thing. It's not like they find new ways to do it every time. I think every like, time I just watch recently I've watched Tana wrestle, I'm just you know, he's just kind of stiff. I mean, it looks like he hurts and it's hard to watch. He's it's a bit better now. Oh, oh good. Good. Mm. He's, he's moving a lot better. Um yeah. I felt that the match was great. Those two together just have this amazing chemistry and you can't um you can't like necessarily manufacture that. They just go in there and they just tear the house down every single time. Mm-hmm. This time was no different. Um Okada is like I was watching it and I had I tweeted this out but everybody's essentially saying that Will Ospreay right now is the best wrestler in the world and we'll get to Will Ospreay's match here in a minute yeah and I feel people say that because he does very spectacular moves and he's doing some really cool things um his personal like character aside right his in-ring stuff (laughs) speaking Mm -hmm. for himself um but is he like what people were complaining about the Bucks about initially is he just a spot guy no, the Bucks. It was a little different with the Bucks. Okay, but they're gonna have to pry that away, like that title, best wrestler in the world from Okada, mm. mm-hmm. because everything he does is so good. It takes Will Ospreay almost like gonna be in a wheelchair by the time he's thirty-five. I know for Okada just to hit a drop kick <laughs> and bring the people to their fucking feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and everything he does, like it, 
just makes so much sense or snap to everything. Um, the way he just like has the crowd in the palm of his hands, no matter if he's in Dallas or if he's in the Tokyo Dome, like, and everywhere in between, it's just he's the best. And there's a reason why, like, because Tanahashi was that guy before. Now Okada mm-hmm. is that guy, and it's just it's fucking magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, did you watch Kenta and Yeah, uh, well, everything, yeah. everything, even the tags leading up okay. to what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kenta and Abushi was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You knew that it was, it was going to be Kenta going over, especially because Abushi. It's at the beginning of the G1, so right. you can take a loss right now and then just win everything else. Yeah, and that was kind of my fear on the other side, too, is that I don't know how... Hopefully, Kenta has more wins in the G1, too. I think he will. I mean, you don't put him over Ibushi for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But granted, I mean, like, Evil beat Kevi- Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I beat Okada once. I mean, <laughs> right. It just kind of happens that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Kenta looked good. But there's yeah. still like it's something still off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He still looks like he's not he's not gonna be the like the mid two thousands Noah Kenta. Mm-hmm. And he's not even the just showed up at NXT Hideo Itami. Like those his body is like in the last five years just took a fucking shit on him. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because he still seems like a little thrash. Like his style can be a little bit more what he's used to, so that does shine through. But you can tell like he's not and I don't think we'll ever be the same. Yeah. I mean, that just happens. That's kind of the un- one of the unfortunate parts and of, that, he, he's of not, the business. He's mm-hmm. not like a Tanahashi where, like, out of nowhere, like, he has that fucking classic uh-huh. like, against Kenny Omega, like, this year. Yeah. Like, we all forget, like, that was this year. Yeah. Um, And he can still go out there and do it. I think, like, some of the stuff is just a little bit too far beyond repair. Shout out Throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of their records. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, and then one of the other big matches on that was Lance Archer. That was Versus shocking. Will Ospreay. Lance Archer is so old, but so fucking He's, he's only good. like 40. I mean, old for wrestling, like that sort of style And of being wrestling. a big man, he's getting yeah. much weight. I, mean. yeah. I will say that I think it helped that he was in TNA for a while. That you don't get the miles on your body like you would anywhere else. Oh. Yeah. But seeing like a man is almost 50 taking a Spanish fly off the top yeah. of his no, he's, dude. He, he, it was the best match of his career. I, I felt it was like a renaissance. Like this is like mm-hmm. he's about to hit like that random like old but doing like – It's like remember when John Cena had like that U.S. title open challenge. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, it's like Cena was just having these – Awesome matches with like Cesaro and Sami Zayn and Ambrose and Cody Rhodes and Zack Ryder, just like back to back to back to back to back. I feel like it's about to hit like that age, like in his career. He's like, oh, and then everything just kind of like clicks into place because right. now he's not going to be in a tag team. Doesn't have to worry about Davy Boy Smith Jr., who I feel is a better worker than him, mm. and doesn't have to work like that, like super Smash Mouth like killer elite squad like style he can go in there and wrestle he had different hair his gear looked a bit different his hair was something else yeah. too. and then it will osprey like going in there with somebody who again is touted as one of the best in the world right now will osprey had an awesome match and this was the match of lance's career 1000 percent. this mm-hmm. is his best match he has ever had and i don't know if he can top it i hope he does it's a such a fucking promising start Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he got the win over Osprey. He got, and I loved it because it's, it's such an old school thing. He got it with the claw in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that yeah, was, it was a real funk move. Cool. <laughs> it was so cool, like like because that that crowd knows like that's the Von Eric boom hits that thing right oh, on the yeah. head. Well, yeah. So it was great. It was awesome match. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like, I, just booking wise too, like you, like obviously you're going to expect, like you see, you know, that matchup on the first round, you're going to be like, Oh, Will Ospreay's going over and stuff like that. But now like, it's similar to stuff they've done with like Fale and G ones before where like they set hit them up the monster in like the early rounds, like, and then eventually like the smaller baby faces are like now going to have to like overcome him. If yeah. you just have Osprey win in the first round over this guy, he's not that imposing. Like, and now Osprey also has to like come back. It like serves two purposes. So it like, does. That's, that's really just really good booking. And yeah. then one of the things like with Osprey is that he, since he is still a junior that I think that's going to play into how they book him because mm-hmm. he's going to be going against guys, especially in that block, like a bad luck follow who are just going to be dude who looks so like a much, fucking beast. Yeah. Just so much bigger than him that they have to play this. And I feel like he's going to have a good match wise, like tournament, but I feel like he's not going to really do anything. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of that night, uh, was the brawl that ensued between Jeff Cobb and Ishii after oh, the tag match. Yeah. It was yeah. so bad. Each had a young boy with them. And yeah. I love that. Like they were able to get a pop from a suplex spot when I think it was, uh, was was it Shoto Amino that was teaming with Cobb? I think says that uh, Moxley's personal young boy. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then like he was trying so hard to get just a suplex, a regular fucking suplex yeah. on Ishii, and he fucking got it, <laughs> and, and they, the crowd erupted. And they the commentary was like, "This is probably the only time we'll show a, a suplex on the replay." <laughs> yeah, I thought it was awesome. Jeff Cobb, like, is gonna I think really come into his own on the yeah. G1. I think it's gonna really highlight him as a worker. Yeah, and Ishii's Ishii, so I love yeah. him so much. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. Uh, the Bad Luck Fale evil match was Bad Luck Fale versus Evil. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what you think it is. And that's it. I'm and, always still sometimes like, oh, I guess we can just use chairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rocky and Kevin Kelly. They kind of played it they off. They made a point. They're like, you know, they, you just can't bring him in the ring. Like, like anything short of something that would be a felony uh, can pretty much fly. Yeah. I like that at least they try to play up the referee's discretion thing. Yeah. They do it in, like, PWG as well. Mm-hmm. It's like it's ref's discretion. Mm-hmm. They want to let it go. They can let it go. And then the other match that I um that I thought was cool was Sho and Yo versus uh, Grills of Destiny. Yeah, that was cool. Because um, I thought that Tamatanga doesn't get a lot of love. And he, like, when he flew in there and hit that gun stun, yeah. like, just out of nowhere, like, like a fucking RKO out of nowhere. I just thought it was great. Oh, and also Sonata beat Zack Sabre Jr. So I wouldn't be surprised if after the tournament, like on their next big pay-per-view, that they have Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the British title. That'd be very Sick. good. Yeah, that would be really yeah, good. Yeah, and... Like, I'd... Sonata doesn't have to bring any of the charisma he doesn't re- have outside of his look because Zack Sabre Jr. just has all the charisma in the He world. does, yeah. and it's such a different charisma, too. Yeah. I love Zack Sabre Jr. Didn't he cut a promo after the match saying that, like, having a... Like a British style like wrestling match in front of a U.S. audience is like pulling teeth or something. Yeah, yeah. So having a technical wrestling match in front of an American audience. So, <laughs> so good. Yeah. He is so good, and yeah, it was just all in all that show just hit. The, Sick. It was about five, a little under five thousand people in there. Okay, it was um, shot weird too. Personal. Reporter Blurg was yeah. there. So. Doctor Blurg in the oh, house. Sick. Yeah. yeah, friend of the show. Hey Blurg. Um, our. Uh, Reporter on the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give it the story. Yeah, it was weird. Like the hard cam was kind of facing the entrance, and you could see all the empty seats. So that's not behind a bit... the very. I mean, it didn't. I don't think it took away from the show, but it di- it was a different sort of presentation. 
So some of it felt a little like you could really tell that half the arena was empty, which isn't bad. They got the arena for free. Oh, oh did they? Sick. That's sweet. It's um, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Yeah. Mark nice. Cuban got the hookup there, and they're on his network, and like essentially he's like, it's like kind yeah, of backing some of it. Yeah, so. you can use my house. Yeah, he's like, oh, I guess. Like, here's the keys. Just clean up afterwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's pretty sweet. So like, Dirk's that, not using it anymore since yeah. he retired. So. Whose house? Not nah, Dirk's. Mm-hmm. Ron's favorite house. basketball player, Dirk Nowitzki. That makes sense. I know. I'm weird. No, it just makes sense because I feel like you probably played like him. Kind of, yeah. I could see that. Should take a lot of shots from the elbow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, yeah. Three minutes. You want to talk about Impact? The three-minute warning? Oh, so Im- I, wa- I watched a lot of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else is new? Um, the Impact pay-per-view, Slammiversary, I watched. It was awesome. Yeah. I the, heard that's like the one time a year to watch Impact. Um, any of their actual pay-per-views, watch mm-hmm. them, because they end up being really good. Um, I miss the um, OVE versus whoever, like three-way, four-way, whatever match. I don't care. Yeah, I was going to um, say an OVE match doesn't sound... Um, LAX versus the North versus the Rascals. Um, the North retained LAX was written off because LAX's uh, contract is up and they're getting some offers Ooh. from a couple companies. Ooh. And so I would not be surprised if they turn up at AEW mm. because they got the Lucha Bros over there. They got best friends. They got Young Bucks. SCU? Toss them, toss them SCU, then private party just signed, you know, mm-hmm. full-time deals. Toss them in the mix there. You're starting to get a real good tag division. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then what the hell else was on that? Sammy Callahan, was it that one? Okay, yeah, that was the main event. Yeah. Um, Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh, shit. was an mm-hmm. awesome match. It was the first intergender match uh, main event in Impact. Is that yeah. ever? Well, I guess if you don't consider the Ronda Rousey Triple H thing, but but that wasn't a main event. Oh, okay, yeah. main event's the last. I'm gonna CM Punk this. <laughs> it's the last match. I don't care what you say. <laughs> it's gonna be in a main event. It's our quadruple main event. That's rad. It was really cool. Um, they are afraid. This was actually because apparently they were trying to like they're gonna book. Um, Sammy Callahan won after like they just beat the shit out of each other. Um, she like held her own. Like they didn't like make it seem like it was like a fluke. Like almost catching him it was like no like they went and just had a fucking war had a badass wrestling match i don't like sammy callahan oh, i hate sammy as callahan, a person he is fucking good he is really good that's what i've heard and when he's good he's really good yeah yeah and it sucks that like especially especially because i think a lot of it's also like who he associates with yes oh, sir one minute that's your one minute oh well i'm gonna keep going <laughs> <laughs> um Overrun. It's, yeah, it's uh, who he associates himself with a lot too, like with the OBE guys. Those guys are fucking pieces of shit. Mm. And so it was a really good match. Sammy did get the win. Apparently, what they don't want to do with Tessa is shove her down people's throats and have her just get win after win after win after win. Oh, what, th- yeah, this was a great way to get babyface, like, especially because she's been such a, like, she's such a good heel. Mm-hmm. Like, actually getting her babyface sympathy is like, like, kind of challenging at this point like yeah kind is. of like she's charlotte-esque in a, like a lot of ways like mm. the way she's booked in that division and like she comes from like the four, four horsemen, horsemen. <laughs> like a, she's a daughter of a four horseman like there's a lot of comparisons there and so like actually getting her baby face heat is like it was great hard and sammy callahan's like 
the person to get someone baby face heat, no matter who they and are. And then at so. the end of the match, like they both had baseball bats, and Sammy Callahan took a fucking legit baseball back shot to the fucking gut. Oh, oh. So good on him! God, it was like such good pre- like presentation too. Like she came out like an all gold versus like. Sammy Callahan just looking like a fucking just rat that's been like <laughs> kicked and like shoved through like I don't know a garbage disposal. Yeah, but and like hit it like good and, good description. Yeah, and like her bat was gold too, like and matched like her ring gear, and it was all like just super well done. And so like after the match, um, he, he took uh, a package pile driver and then just a fucking snap pile driver. Those one two three. And then afterwards, like, she's there, and then he just goes and hands her her bat. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that sign of, like, okay, like, we're, like, you fucking held your own. So it was, like, a cool moment. The big thing, like, they don't want to Roman Reigns her. Yeah. So I think that's why they had her lose. Um, that's what the word on around town is. Um, the other, One of the other matches that was really good, and, again, another person that is very, very questionable as a person was Rich Swan versus uh, mm. Johnny Impact. Um, great match. Johnny yeah. Impact. That was apparently his last date with Impact. He may get a new contract. He may not. But he put over Rich Swan. Yeah. Um, great match. Johnny Impact can still fucking go, and he's like in his forties, and he can still do all his high flying stuff. He can still do all the parkour stuff. So, <laughs> uh, that's John Morrison, right? Yes. Yeah. Boone. Boone. Boone the Bounty Hunter. Uh, Johnny Mundo. Johnny Defiance. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Johnny Russell Boys when he was on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, John, Johnny Wrestle Club when he goes to Idaho Wrestle Club. <laughs> John Hennigan. John Hennigan on Survivor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Johnny Survivor. Um, and then Johnny Tsunami when he was in that tragedy. <laughs> Johnny Tsunami too back Jeez. on board. <laughs> and then the other great match was the four way women's monsters ball match, which was a hardcore match. Oh shit! Cool. It was Taya Valkyrie, Jessica Havoc, Sue Young, and. Um, Rosemary. Oh, nice. And they fucking went for it. There was this horrible spot. So they do a Tower of Doom spot, and there's a fucking ladder, like, diagonal laying down from the turnbuckle. Tower of Doom is someone up on one person's shoulders and someone going off the top rope. Yeah, and doing, like, the suplex thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did that onto a fucking ladder, and not, like, where it goes perpendicular with them. Uh They landed straight, like, all of it. Jesus. Who they, took that bump? I want to say it was Rosemary. I was going to say that. Rosemary that took, sense. like, every fucking shit yeah, bump. Well, yeah. She's, like, the young, youngest and smallest, like, one in that match. Yeah. So. And then I thought Jessica Havoc did the monster role really well. Sue Young is out of her fucking uh, mind. Member of my team. Yeah. The rest was classic, so y'all should just go. And then be Ty, some homework for Taya Valkyrie got the win because Jessica Havoc hit a big move then gets tossed out by Taya. Is she not leaving too? Or is At end of the year. Okay. This one hers. So I wouldn't be surprised though if they both still sign because it's kind of they get the working relationship also with AAA so they can go back and forth. Um, great match. And it was just a fun pay-per-view to watch. Cool. So everybody go and Slam watch that. Slamiversary. It was Impact, right? Yes, Impact. Need to watch watch that. those pay-per-views. And honestly, their show isn't half bad anymore. Good. Oh, oh and there's also Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin. Brian Cage won. Nice. I like Brian Cage. Super nice guy. Fuck Michael Elgin. Yeah, yeah. he can eat shit. Um, is Impact the one where the kid, they, they shot With people? Conan? No, they fucking, the kid got hit by a car. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, that was they, great. They That's the Impact, right? They killed the kid. Yeah, they, dude, they go the next fucking level on those, uh, like, videos. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They fucking killed the guy. Uh, Ali also died. Ali. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And I, if two people have died like in the last year on Impact. Jeez. So Ali died and then reincarnated in AEW? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that Sue and Rosemary have both died at some point technically too. Yeah. yeah. I died one time. That's not... How was it? I lied. I didn't do it. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I, I, I almost did. Yeah, it's true. You sure yeah, you died. did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, was, that was me. I was hit by a car once while crossing the street. Oh no! I was like, wasn't too hurt, but how old were you? Uh, like twenty. Oh, oh no! Damn. One yeah. time I hit a car when I was crossing the street. My fucking fist, dude, and I fucking oh, fuck. I knocked, yeah, it, I knocked it out. Fuck, yeah. fuck that car. Yeah, I knocked it out, Beat dude. The shit out of that car. What kind of car was it? <laughs> fucking Maserati, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you would have gotten away with that because whoever owned one of those would have chased you down and probably Yeah, but they wouldn't you. have been very fast and not in their Maserati. It's yeah. true. I you can't drive it with a dent and If you drive a fast a car, hood. it means you can't run good. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I, I punched science. The, I punched the car so hard they fucking got knocked out too, though. Yeah. Insane Bolt drives like, I don't know, Yugo. <laughs> he drives a, an old Datsun truck. <laughs> yeah. He's fast. He is faster than his car. <laughs> well, speaking of pay-per-views, we got another one coming up. Ooh, one that I'm actually kind of excited oh, well, about. Well, we won. Yeah, it sounds good. And it's going to be in Philadelphia, and it's going to be extreme. The city of champions. It's a city of brotherly love, and we boo Santa. The Lawrence <laughs> brothers are there. Fuck yeah. That was a show. Oh, hell yeah, And dude. Michael McShane was there, and I was like, oh, I know where that guy is. When I used to watch, like, the British episodes of Who's Line. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Let's run down this card real quick. Yeah, yeah. We got... It's a, real shit. Just ran it down. <laughs> got a tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The Revival versus the Usos. Um, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's going to be a good match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both yeah. two good it, tech teams. It'll be a really good match. It's probably a too like too short to be as good as it could be. They're going to probably try to fit 20 minutes worth of stuff in like eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. We got a Tim Allen match. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Boo. Oh, God damn it. Last man standing. Yeah. So oh. it's an average Joe match or Joe somebody match. <laughs> Wild Hogs match. Galaxy Quest. Jungle to Jungle match. Oh. Oh. Mimi CQ versus who? Martin Short. <laughs> um, Rathgar's hammer. What a savings. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Braun Strowman. Uh, Bobby. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Depends uh, on if they're writing, actually writing Braun off for injuries again or not. I yeah. hope yeah. that they do. Again. Because like they need another like, if you can build Bobby as a good heel, he, first off he needs another mouthpiece. So bring back Leo Rush. Mm. Quit the bullshit with him. Even though he maybe pissed a couple people off, he's learned his lesson. He's cut some really cool promos online with his mom. Yeah, I, I I'm too. I have too much social anxiety though and secondhand embarrassment to actually watch them. Mama I Rush. I, I think on Raw they did a good job of you. presenting uh, Lashley as a a heel because uh, he's the one who answered Rey Mysterio's open challenge, his open mask challenge, just yeah. fucking decim- decimated him. Yeah. This is the open surgery for my knee challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you can beat me, you get a free surgery. Uh, we got Alistair Black in his first pay per view match, first yeah. singles pay per view match. Yeah, because um, he was on Mania. That's Cesaro. Right. Yeah, fellow Bond villain. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, It'll be a technically fucking great oh, match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I don't remember the last time I watched Alistair wrestle, so I'm very excited for this. Mania. Mania. It was the last time Mania. I wrestled. So. Damn. And that was in tag team. 
Uh, we got a triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Championship. Daniel Bryan versus The New Day versus Heavy Machinery. Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Big Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Big Red. Oh, yeah. They're sorry. Gonna, they're going to retain. Know. Yeah, I think so. They I need think so, too. To. They I, need to. I, I, yeah, I think that it'll, they'll continue to, like, tease the idea of a Heavy Machinery victory, probably, and then... Like then pin like Big Red will get the pin on like Xavier or something. Yeah, like they'll be almost about to win pinning the New Day, and then like Brian will pull Otis or Tucker out, and then win somehow. You know. Yeah, or Tucky's gonna take that fall. Yeah. They like they need <laughs> to keep the titles on them just to keep building that division because it's nothing and it's starting to become something. And now, so. build the natural fucking like rivalry between like the guys who are just like we want to drink beer and eat steak and. Fuck yeah. Stay tight weights, baby. Blue collar strong against like the fucking green machine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yoshi and Luigi. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Well, that's the green Mwah. machine. What? <laughs> uh, we got a singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship Drew Gulak versus Abboy Tony Nice. Anthony Nice, Maverick. Yeah, it'll be. It'll they be always good. have good matches. It'll be a yeah. really good technical match between somebody who's technically really good and has good charisma versus the charisma vacuum Tony Nice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel bad like saying that because he's super good. Mm. Kind of right there uh, in that stuff with like Tazawa and everything. Like I was kind of liking some of the character work with Tony Nese, but it wasn't anything memorable. It, it yeah. was good because he had better people around him. So like, yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I think like a, good, I was a way a to cruiserweight get, champion. Yeah, a way <laughs> to get any charisma out of him and potentially is to have him be chasing and be the underdog. Yeah, because so, he was never even the underdog before he won the title. Is just he was like a jobber. Yeah, and then like oh you're now like the number one contender. Oh your buddy your buddy's friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh your buddy's friend your buddy's buddy <laughs> your buddy's buddy. I was the cruiserweight champion. I'm Tony Nese. <laughs> Tozawa has like more fucking charisma just like walking out and going ah yeah. Ah. Also, when he would impersonate Vince McMahon for a while. You're fired! <laughs> and do his fucking walk and, like, the biggest, most handsome smile. Good-looking guy. Good Especially looking when he had his blonde hair. Mm. Yeah. I, I was just reminded, actually, today of, by Anya that how good the match between him and Cedric was when WWE was here last. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cedric, like, by the way, uh, showing up on Monday Night Raw. As Gary Garb... Oh, my God. Garbutt. Gary Garbit The goat. Gary, Gary the goat. Gar- Gary the goat Garbit. Mm-hmm. You fucking forgot all about that. That's, um, a, that's a good name. Just look yeah. up on YouTube, Gary Garbutt. G-A-R-B-U-T-T. Nice. Garbutt. Yeah. Of course nice. they spelled it like that. <laughs> but it's funny. Spell it like bot. <laughs> Butts are funny. You shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a handicap match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I hope that... Um, it doesn't. I hope that like it ends up with Nikki accidentally costing Alexis the, ma- the match, and then they can kind of start building off that mm-hmm. feud. Also, like who knows? It could be for nothing because WWE's writing sucks. But I mean, the whole thing is, Bailey, you don't have any friends. You don't have you don't have a friend a friend who would come help you. Yeah. You don't have a friend who just dyed her hair purple again. Yeah. And was training in Japan. Yeah, with, and was training. Yeah. With Sendai girls like and Miko Satamora. Yeah. And, you don't you, you have no chance because you don't have a friend. Yeah. Oh, also, this is just kind of going off of that word around town is that Hunter had a nice little meeting with Miko Satamora when he was in Japan. Ooh. About having a working relationship with Sendai Girls. That would be oh, fucking rad. Shit. Oh, that'd be hey, so it's cool. me, Bullet Club member Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny, you know. They want to bring Joshi in with that piss ant company. Well, I got I got the hookup too. 
Miko Satamura. I mean, I, <laughs> I would be stoked. Mi, uh, yeah, Miko awesome. is also, she is fighting for the Progress Women's Championship in September. Oh, and, and that's who, gonna be... who has a working relationship with the old Progress? A Jim Smallman. Mm. Who do you get a check from every month? Oh, he's he's like, WWE. <laughs> I, I tweet photos at the shows all the time. Real stoked about it. He like, I think he's like a consultant for the UK now. Yeah. So. He, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for fucking a him. fucking just straight edge British comedian who decided to throw a wrestling show because all the like wrestling promotions kind of sucked at the time, and now like has his dream of working with WWE. Like so, fuck yeah! And I, I hope everything goes well with the Sendai Girls like kind of thing because that'd be really cool to get just even like for like another May Young Classic mm-hmm. for just oh, yeah. bringing it, bringing in talent, sending talent over there. Yeah. So doing the like with you know. I mean, I I would guess like Zia Brookside and Tony Storm probably have to stop stop working with Stardom. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, that's gonna happen. At the bigger their star gets, anyways, they have to eventually do that. Anyways, well, especially so. like with like B Priestley still there, and like she's like the Stardom champion, mm-hmm. and also in AEW. tweeting and posting photos. Yeah. With, with Tony Storm all the time. It's Tony time. <laughs> uh, back to this match real quick. I want to know how a handicap match works. So if Nikki Cross pins Bailey, does Nikki get the championship? Alexa gets the championship. Really? Yes. That's stupid. Um, I mean, if they want to go by Lay Cool logic, they could literally rip the title Nikki, in half and magnetize it. Nikki actually <laughs> said that they'd be co-champions, but <laughs> I feel that's just part of like the whole yeah. lie thing. Very that's a delusion. Yeah. Very randomly, I was like. That happened, and then today I was reading um, it's the about sis- like <laughs> well, yeah, actually, in Sister- oh, no. Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, oh, okay. the history of women's wrestling. I'm in the Divas era like section of the book right now, and read about Lake Cool. And it's like, oh, they actually did that. I did not know that they had they were co Divas champions. I watched so much then, and I have zero <laughs> recollection of so much that happened. Like not even just like with the divas division, just in general. Mm. Like I watched it and like it's just a real low, low, <laughs> low time. I, yeah. I can't tell you like about like 2008 or 2009 and like about like things that are happening like during the three year. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they literally took the belt in half and had it magnetized so it stick together like a like a best friends bracelet. That's yeah. pretty sweet. I like that. So it was awful oh. because that's when they're also doing like a. The fucking fat shaming on Mickey James, mm-hmm. who was uh, fucking fit as fuck. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, thanks, John Cena. That was his whole fucking thing. Yeah, it really I was. Seen Mickey James in a while. Yeah, she, hadn't she been got injured. Oh, mm. didn't she? I think so. So on Raw, there was a beat the clock challenge with Bailey and Nikki. Uh, did they, they have to kick the real fast? shit out of the clock. Yeah. They beat the clock. No, Nikki Cross won. Yes. And so got to de- determine the stipulation. So the stipulation was a handicap match. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. Okay. Alexa gets the title no matter what. Why was that? that Even like, if Bailey wins. Why was that beat the clock thing on Raw? Uh, wild card, wild baby. Card. Wild, yeah, because nothing... Alexa and Nikki are both on Raw. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, back to, I mean, we'll get to it down the card too, but Roman hasn't appeared on his show, SmackDown, <laughs> since he got fucking drafted. He was yeah. on SmackDown this week. Yeah, oh, was but it? that oh. was the first time. Yeah, he oh, beat Dolph Ziggler. Oh, nice. Well, I will be watching that, but I, uh, you so love I, Dolph Ziggler. Up until this <laughs> week. show the world. No, just because I, I like SmackDown and I missed it, you know. That's good. But, uh, w- yeah, other than that. That wild card rule. I think that once on raw rule. I think that um, once everything gets settled in with the new uh, fucking executive creative directors as well as then the Fox deal, I think you're going to see a lot more separation then. 
as a complete separation. Mm. Yeah, there, yeah, there's even like a lot of rumors going around about them redrafting and stuff. And they yeah. want to do. I think I talked about this before. They want to do like a almost like an NFL draft, like make it like sports. Dun, 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 dun. Have Roger Goodell come out and get booed every time. Fuck oh, yeah. him. <laughs> Fuck him. Uh, we got <laughs> fuck him. Yeah, this is shit. We got Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe for the championship. Nice. So word on the street is Kofi's hurt. Mm. He has no. some back issues. Hopefully it doesn't hinder his performance. But if he needs to go away for a while, if, if I would fucking love a Samoa Joe if fucking championship. I don't want there. Kofi like in one part of my brain. I don't want Kofi to like ever like ever lose the title. Basically, like, yeah. It's just it's so good that he has it. I think yeah. he's coming into his own really well now, mm-hmm. especially in this feud with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um. If there's anyone in the world that I also really want to win the WWE title, it's Samoa Joe. But there's like, also a beast in the bank lurking. I mean, could it? I mean, if if Kofi's mm. injured, I mean, they could totally put that on Brock. And they just be could. Like, oh, go just, into Fox. You know, I just don't. I don't think they'd do it this early. I like, fucking would yeah. hope not. But and, I mean, if circumstances provide, you know. Yeah. And they, I would assume they would want Joe versus Brock. I was, was, that was a great that. That was a at great Extreme match. Rules uh, two years ago, yeah. right after we started the show. Awesome. Oh, wow. Match. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember at all. I, I, yeah, I'm just excited. I like this. I like this pairing. Joe's good. Yep. Kofi's getting a little bit of an edge. So Yeah. Oh, yeah, he flipped, flipped the, him off. Flipped the bird. The bird. Yeah. I saw a bird on television. Wow. Now I have to see <laughs> one in real Christian, life. Christian, the bird man. Ha. <laughs> Uh, we got The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Wow. It'll be sick wow. when Kevin so who, comes in and stuns everyone. Who do you think <laughs> dies in the match first, Undertaker or Shane McMahon? Undertaker. My guess is Shane. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, because he, he's going to try to be – he's going to try to die yeah, more. So. Yeah, the Undertaker the already well, has also, Vince's love, and so well, Shane, Shane still needs Shane, to uh, The Undertaker's already dead, isn't he? Trick Technically. <laughs> um, no, because he, uh, he stands for the flag. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead most of the time until that national until the national anthem comes out. But sweet, sweet I, national anthem. I think yeah. that Shane will die first because he just like walks out there and is purple mm-hmm. and sweaty. You yeah. know, Roman, we're gonna have a. I uh, just, you know, we're gonna have a good match. Potato face. I, <laughs> I can't. I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> I just, I just hope it's done. I hope Drew gets to do his own thing. I hope that Shane goes away. Well, they're bringing it like into a storyline with Kevin Owens. So I mm-hmm. think yeah. like, I they have they're like they're like they're so self aware, but still like also ignorant. Yeah. yeah, it's like we know what you guys want, and you guys don't want Shane. Here's Shane. <laughs> I know what you. I know what you want. I'm gonna coast to coast, Kevin Owens. <laughs> I'm gonna coast to coast oh, before you dad. Shane in a, a coast to Roman. coast into a fucking stunner. I mean, that would just they, be an RKO, right? Shane, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shane did an, an a coast to coast into a spear from Roman at Survivor Series a couple years and got legit concussed and had to just be dragged out of the match because he kicked out because he was so concussed. Damn, oh, of Roman trying to pin him. Update from the twenty four seven champion: took two blue chew and forgot wife was staying at her mother's tonight. Still yet to consummate my marriage. <laughs> Drake Maverick, he's all rocked up. Has alone. grabbed the brass ring. Him and our truth together. Oh yeah, and have, that wedding ring, <laughs> that golden ring, mm. and have made this twenty four seven title so fun. Mm. They like they like have like 
kind of almost creative control on this because they're calling their own shots on this. Hell, it's even gotten fucking Drake's wife. That's a shoot wife, Renee uh-huh. Michelle. A fucking job. And, and she's, yeah, oh, she's, yeah, she's an, an independent wrestler too. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. So yeah. this is awesome. It's perfect. Like, like she can act like she knows what she, she's like perfect to be brought into this. Just be like, you know, background, be the wife on the side. If they ever want to do more with it, like she should fucking win that title. From I Drake. think she needs to win. And I also think Hornswoggle needs to come in and win. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd Just be because uh, cool. uh, our truth always calling him Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Have Hornswoggle actually come in and like pin Drake. <laughs> That'd, That'd be, be great. the best bit from yeah. Under the Ring. Oh, oh or yeah. King Maxwell. Or King Maxwell. Yeah. He's, he's already he's already won a match against Drake Maverick. That's true. It would be a sick, like, quick title hold. But then who would pin him? Nicholas. No, it would shoots be... on King Maxwell. I I, 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 <laughs> I wish his dad would turn heel on him. This was something Brian Alvarez was talking about. It'd be really funny because they do a lot of the cell phone stuff, like videos. Like you have King Maxwell pin Drake Maverick, and then like while the kids asleep. It's Rabbi Hardy pins <laughs> Maxwell, and then while she's asleep, Matt Hardy then pins Rebby. Rebby, mm-hmm. and then that's how you bring it back to TV. I don't know. Rebby likes to shoot a lot. I don't know yeah, if she's going to drop that title. I don't think they want to really associate too much with her. No, like she's, she's a little great, too off the She's cuff. great to just keep there, just uh, at arm's reach to do, like, if they ever want to do more, like, House Hardy, Hardy stuff. House Hardy stuff, but, yeah. ooh. I mean, I appreciate, Ooh, I, I, fucking... I, I appreciate that she does not give a shit, but <laughs> she truly does not give a shit what anyone thinks. Um, and the last match, a last chance. No, there's winners. Take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for both the Universal Championship and the Raw Women's Championship. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Yo, what if? Mm. What if they're not going to? There is a, they would never. There is they another uh, match on the card though that it's is on Wikipedia. AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the United uh, States. Yeah. I skipped it. It's gonna it's, be like the that's best. Match. Be the yeah. best match. Yeah, like sure. probably on the main roster I'm sorry. in a long time. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it. I mean, we don't need to talk about it that much more. It's gonna be a, the best match on the card. Yeah, for sure. That main event is going <laughs> to fucking suck. Mm. Main event's gonna suck. Ricochet versus Uncle Allen's gonna fuck. Yeah. Also, hey, man. no, we're not. The Good Brothers <laughs> with them new contracts. Apparently, that's the talk of the town. Yeah. Like in WWE, everybody's like, "Oh shit, they just got even bigger deals." They're at first offered 500k each. Ooh. Apparently, it's more than that. Damn. Oh damn. And five years. Carl Anderson is 39. He just he is set for life. I'm fuck. Yeah. I'm stoked for those guys. They're getting that renewed push. They're they're still like. They kind of altered their characters where they're still kind of like shitheads, but yeah. now like they're kind of getting a little bit more credibility. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's basically what they were in Japan. Was exactly, like Bullet Club were all just shitheads that still had credibility. So it's great. I, I love what they're doing with the club. Uh, yep. Carl Anderson actually got a wrestle, and he is still really fucking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot Carl. G1 finalist, 2012. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Corey oh, yeah. Graves even brought that up. He, he pinned Tanahashi. He but... pinned Tanahashi. Damn. It was a really cool sequence. I tweeted it out like it a thousand was, times. That was Okada's first G1 win, yes. right? Yep. Last he beat Carl Anderson for it. He was the first Gaijin wrestler to go to the finals since Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, um, well, yeah, that's Extreme Rules. It's yeah. going to be a fun time. I'm excited for it. Also, this Saturday is both the Evolve 10th Anniversary Show, Damn. which is going to feature Drew Gulak versus fucking uh, Matt Riddle 
and Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa. Wow. Yeah. Streaming live on the WWE Network. That's also the same night as Fight, fight, for, the fight for the Fallen, right? Oh, that is yeah. also Fight yeah. for the Fallen. Yeah. So nice WWE. Damn. Lots yeah. of wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling I'm this just weekend. saying you can watch the WWE show on a whatever you want because it's on the network in Fight for the Fallen. You can probably also watch whatever because it's on BR Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just so and much wrestling. Free. Whatever you guys want to do. Whatever you want. There's wrestling for everybody. Fucking watch it. It's going to yeah. be some good shit. And you can God like shit. it all if you want to. Why are you even listening to this podcast? Go watch wrestling right now. No, listen to us. Shut up, man. Yeah, listen to us. <laughs> I was just kidding. Also, cool thing about Evolve is they actually did uh, add the, the Shotzi Blackheart Randy Lauren match. They so. did. Good for them having a women's match. Nice. That they had to campaign to get <laughs> on the show. But God. Yeah. I, Evolve has never been one to have much of a women's division at all. Yeah. But fuck yeah for getting them on the show. Is that the Gabe Sapolsky one? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never really had any women's division there. And then also like when he was running Ring of Honor. But granted, though, that was in the mid-2000s. Where like even like Japanese women's wrestling took a huge nose. It was a mm. rough time for women's wrestling at that time. Yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna get into a very special segment, but after we take a quick break, bro, we're back. <laughs> wow. Hey, bro, it's me. Oh God, <laughs> who no. was that? Yep. This is the bad thing to talk what about that? before we talk about no. what we're gonna talk but, about. Uh, hold, who are you trying to be? I'm a new guy. This <laughs> that is, sounds like this a, is Enzo Russo. That's, that's the worst human like, being. Oh, yo, yeah, I was gonna speak <laughs> okay, about this before uh, we dive into yeah. our topic. Um, Joey Janela and Enzo were on a fist fight at a Blink One Eighty Two concert, <laughs> and that's all we're saying. This that's weekend, the most wrestling. This thing. weekend in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's the most Joey Janela sentence ever. Mm, there's yeah. there's not video of actual fighting, but video of them of Enzo basically just squaring up. Nice. And like squaring up but backing down, constantly doing the thing like I'm a tough guy, but I actually don't want to fight. Like Oh yeah, hit me do hit me do as you're backing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joy's just all drunk. I just like there are people who think it's a work and like I think no, it was my, it was no 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 yeah, not at all. I know, I'm, but yeah. It was uh Kath Barbadora from Russell Splania said anyone who thinks this is a work, like what would this do for any of these fucking losers' careers? They love Joey Janela, but they were just like, "What would this do for any of them?" But Joey Janela is a fucking weird dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a nice guy when we met him. Yeah, he was hungover. Oh, yes, as he was. Fuck. It seems like how he lives his. It's life. What I would expect. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, he's the bad boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking bad boy, yo. He also prank called Enzo Amore that weekend. Yeah, so yeah. I, there's 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 already heat. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, let's get into our special special topic. Uh, we rolled the dice, and it, Zach, Zach got I, to choose. Yeah, I won the initiative roll. Yay! <laughs> uh, so guess I mean, if any of y'all know me, you won't be surprised. I I chose the gay thing <laughs> <laughs> on on the list. No, um, yeah. So we're gonna go into like not necessarily just the history, but just the the entire con like topic of lgbtqia plus in in pro wrestling um uh which is a gigantic topic and not going to even be able to cover anywhere close to all of it but mm-hmm. uh you know like especially you know with pride month being last month and um we're going to get into a promo that effie recently 
uh, dropped, but also feelings that I know I have a, as a, a queer individual after Pride ends, where it's like, okay, we exist the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a good time to cover it to be a good reminder. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not queer, and I have those same thoughts. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like I literally watched a restaurant downtown pull down the the Pride flag and put up the American flag for Fourth of July. I was like, uh, yeah, it feels about so right. Gross. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so, I mean, and also, I mean, if we have anyone who doesn't know me, new listeners or whatever, just for context, uh, I identify as bisexual and also recently came out as genderqueer and don't know what that means, but I basically am cool with whatever pronouns and feel like I'm all genders all the time. So, yeah, that's nice. where I, that's my personal perspective as a queer person. Um, oh, yeah. I also asked Katie to come on. Hey. As a fellow, as a fellow queer, mm-hmm. I'm um, also a bisexual. So <laughs> yeah, um, just I've, get more than my uh, voice in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I like to refer to it is the too fun to only like one club. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just came up with that the other and day. And like one of the like really cool things, especially since Zach had shared that with us, is I just like personally, and I haven't even expressed this to Zach, but like just seeing like the like almost like a weight lifted off yeah and you just seem like there was a change when what it was yeah. when you bought that jacket oh yeah oh yeah it was yeah. a definite and it just like you can change. just see like this you just like seem so much more comfortable and mm-hmm. i haven't even expressed it to you but i i said that to jen i'm like oh that just seems like so much more comfortable like with how they are and like how they're feeling it's just really cool to see mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thank it's, you it's it's very true like, and mm-hmm. just like i want to express this here on this because i think it's very important to kind of go along with this and just kind of seeing that and just noticing it. And yeah. this is an awesome. audio medium, so they, yeah. they don't get to see how wonderful this journey has been for Zach. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Visually. Yeah. So how, d- how much more relaxed your shoulders are. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not wearing very big, heavy shirts that don't fit me well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, figured good place to start is kind of the, the beginning, which is not like exactly a beginning of, any any out you know queer wrestlers or anything like that that doesn't come for a really long time but mm-hmm. um uh gorgeous george is uh if you're not familiar with him uh he was a wrestler in the 50s who was kind of the first person to ever be a flamboyant heel okay um ever like no no one had done that he before like, that wrestling was just two like dads just kind of right, pushing yeah. each other. The two yeah. biggest beer drinkers that you work with fighting. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't that. He was like five nine. Like he was still a big dude, like big barrel chested dude. But um, he realized that he could use uh, the idea of flamboyance to get the crowd to fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. Like he was like there are videos of him out there, and we don't understand that level of like heat that he got. Um, at that time because people like he would walk out of the crowd he had a ring boy who walked out in front of him sprayed perfume in front of him so that he wouldn't have to walk (laughs) through the stench of the crowd yeah um would spray the ref down yeah like he dyed he grew his hair out he curled it he'd like dyed it blonde he would like platinum platinum blonde blonde. he would do interviews in every new town he went to at the like hair salon he'd invite a newspaper reporter to come interview him and you just shit talk the city and like build up the like the match that he's gonna have while he's getting his hair curled like yeah. in the in the salon chair he had bobby pins he'd throw it at the crowd that were gold he called them georgie pins um 
what but why he's kind of the beginning of like queer wrestling queer representation in wrestling at all is because he was very much doing what um was a thing in like film and stuff at the time especially of the character you know is gay and is a villain but they never mention it the effeminate villain mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. he he u- like was using that it was especially a thing in like film noir and and stuff like that there's a lot of like sniveling villains that are like very much like gay coded mm-hmm. um yeah. but um and, and he realized that and um he is you know was not gay in real life he's actually a very like renowned womanizer like yeah. um <laughs> and uh like lived a super hard life outside of the character but um he um he inspired like muhammad ali like muhammad ali crafted his like promos when he like became muhammad ali instead of cassius clay after gorgeous yeah it was like that whole like yeah like i float like a butterfly sting like a beat like that's Mm -hmm. yeah because all because gorgeous george like that flamboyant like transcended wrestling yeah and especially it was huge because he was like the first star like wrestling star of tv when like okay. wrestling went to tv because like before yeah. it was just like in the carnivals and just stuff like that but this is also kind of the dawn of television mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like every week there'd be the wrestling show and there's gorgeous george and yeah yeah and if you look back at that stuff too professional wrestling at that time like at the dawn of the era of the tv was one of the first sporting events to gain such huge popularity mm. because you just needed one camera mm-hmm. and the alternative to that is boxing and professional wrestling is way more entertaining than yeah. boxing mm-hmm. um, actually well, like, boxing also yeah. is huge at the time boxing as well well yeah yeah time, but yeah. professional wrestling at the time i think was even more watched than it, boxing because it was shorter and more digestible and like it was, you a, characters it was a, it was a, it was a show like, yeah. instead of like a match yeah. like i i did some like i reread some chapters from um David Shoemaker's book, which is called, I have it literally in front of me, The Squared Circle, Life, Death, and Professional Wrestling, um, just because I knew there were a couple chapters here that people had cover. And he, the way he put it is he was not just the first wrestling crossover mainstream star in, like, television. He was the first, probably first sports, like, crossover star oh, in television. Mm-hmm. Like, no one hit, like, the heights he did early on. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, like, I mean – just want like he's kind of the foundation but then like there's not a lot for a long time i mean the next main person is you know this pat patterson who was never out as a wrestler Mm-mm. um it, like publicly even though everyone knew like, it was a one of wrestling's worst kept secrets yeah um so pat patterson first intercontinental champion um in the, the wwe where she won in a uh, a quote unquote tournament in rio de janeiro which is you know an inside like joke in wrestling now, but also at the time was uh, something I hadn't thought about until looking this up. It's an inside joke on Pat being gay because that's where gay people went to go party was Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Oh wow! And yeah. so that's why they said it to like that's why they said oh you won a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, and, oh. and you sent us that video of um, him on what was that show? Legends House. Legends, Legends House. House. That was, was that really the first time he publicly came out? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Like that. I mean, Legends House was what like two thousand. 15? 15. Yeah. And wow. like, yeah, he's and he's just like, he's coming out to a room full of other legends who, who all know, like every yeah. single yeah. person knew Pat was gay. It was, it was like, interesting. Cause I was trying to read their reactions. I know it was edited for television, but I was like, which one of these is a fuck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, waiting Roddy, for Roddy. You Piper look at Roddy Piper's just like, can we talk about something else? 
Uh, fuck, uh, but it was actually really sweet. Jimmy yeah. Hart crying like we've always loved you, Pat. Yeah, they like, were always super Jim supportive. Duggan I will say Hillbilly Jim too. Like dude, Jim yeah. Duggan seems like the nicest dude, and Jim Duggan like yeah, they're mm-hmm. just like they're like we don't. Like, dude, like, I, yeah, we the, love you, man. I, yeah, I mean, I, like, they're all, like, crying and stuff, and I think it's just because, like, he's doing it publicly. Yeah. And yeah. also, his, so he had a, a lifelong partner. Yeah. We called his special friend, Louis. Yeah. Um, who had, like, just died, like, yeah. right, Damn. like, yeah. a few years before that. So, yeah. So I, I remember this very vividly on commentary, and I've watched it back as an adult. Um, They always made jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross, like, in a, I think it was the evening gown hardcore match. With him and with Brandon Pat Patterson Briscoe. and Briscoe, where Jim Ross said, "Remember, fellas, he's single," mm-hmm. and like yeah. it was stuff that they always did. You know, this was the Attitude Era '90s, so yeah, it and was something. Like I said, it was like wrestling's worst kept secret. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it yeah, it's his thing to say. But, you know? Yeah, I was listening to Stone Cold's podcast with him. Mm-hmm. He was also like one of the best. Oh, he was really oh, yeah. fucking good. He's like fucking him and great. Ray Stevens. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he he really was in like. It, you know, he was like he open with promoters and stuff, and it's kind of he took it as like if they don't, you know, accept me, I'm then I'm not gonna work. He with was them. drawing the house of the cow palace. Yeah, yeah, like he he drew that line. Um, unfortunately, like in you know, if you don't know more about him, he was one of Vince's right hand like people f- for years, mm-hmm. forever. Um, like during the Rockstone Cold era, right? I mean, before that, yeah. Like, for like they used to, it'd be him and Vince, and then like and then Cornette a, and a, hanging out like, at mm-hmm. Vince's house. And eventually, eventually Pritchard, like th- those were like the people who'd float in and out. But like Patterson, except for a brief period of time where he had to leave the company, which we can get into in a minute. Yes, because uh, it's related. Um, was always there. Like he's no like he's known as a genius of like putting together finishes of matches. Like yeah. everyone says that. Yeah. Um. The unfortunate thing that I kind of thought about for the first time is that he's is, Canadian. Is that he's fucking Canadian? <laughs> no. um, is that like, so we're gonna get into some real unfortunate shit that has happened, especially in, in the WWE. Um, and Pat Patterson was there through all of that as mm-hmm. part of creative. Mm. Part of it, like he probably came up with some of the ideas and uh, that were funny because they weren't necessarily making fun of him or you know specifically like gay men mm-hmm. but there's some other shit that like pat was part of creative for and signed off on you yeah know? or at least you know didn't fight for it not to happen yeah um and that's unfortunate but at the same time he was you know a person there like like proving that you could make it in the wrestling world that you just couldn't be open about it publicly mm-hmm. yeah. really um because so the the period of time when he had to leave WWE it's called it's the ni- was it around 1992 something like that it's a there was another scandal it's a scandal it's called the ring boy scandal um mm. where pat patterson was accused by a there's ring boys who basically like would help set up rings okay and it's very much a catholic church altar boy like scenario like yeah. is what he was accused of mm. um by one are these ring boys like little boys like i think like 12 like like young teens as well Mm -hmm. like that sort of age um from everything i've seen i mean there it does seem like he was like put forth as a scapegoat for being gay when Mm. there's no real evidence people retracted statements and you know you never want to like 
you know, not believe victims, but it there it does seem like he might have been there because there one. was another person that got fired at that time as mm-hmm. well, but they had people that did not. And that was uh, Terry Garvin. Yeah, mm. um, but uh, it seems like Pat was put forth as a scapegoat because he's gay. And mm. like, uh, just a small aside from that, who who was employing these twelve year olds to set up the rings? It was just like they would like. Were they in training for? It, it, not even like in training for wrestling. It's like, hey, you want to come to the show? Come set up the ring, and we'll get you in for free. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of those like uh, like because they're a lot, little bit like a lot more carny in that. Especially like you're running A, B, and C shows like every weekend. It's like you're hitting the big town for the A shows. Hogan's over here. Right. Then you got Bret Hart on the B one. Then you got like fucking. I don't even know who'd be like the head of the C show, like Shawn Michaels at the time. Yeah. Damn. Like, like in '92, and so just you get these little unpaid child labor to yeah, just get yeah. these yeah, kids yeah. to come and help out. Hey, man, you can get a free fucking hot dog, a t-shirt, and a front row seat. You in? I mean, I would say yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just oh, no, no, yeah, 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 no. Uh, so like, uh, that's just, you know, a, just kind of part of the whole thing where it's like, even though Pat Patterson was treated better than you know a lot of people would be for being gay in just life any entertainment entertainment in life you know especially when he was going to yeah um there's still that element there where it's still like Mm -hmm. still had to fight for like more than anything else like anyone else would and at the end of the day something happens and he's the scapegoat yeah yeah well and wwe is good at covering shit up too uh yes yeah they actually i mean they did do pretty well by him like they they did have to get they they brought him back they they fired him but like they also didn't fire him immediately they like kind of let him quietly transition away and then eventually brought him back after like stuff had cleared and you know like nothing came of it yeah um but it was still like they still got he still had to leave for yeah that. yeah um, <clears throat> um so like so besides them like i mean there's there's a lot of like you know gay coded characters throughout the years none were really like super significant for a while well, mm-hmm. like you had just a lot of like um people that kind of took the tropes that gorgeous george took mm, there's like so adrian adonis and, adrian that one was worse yeah that one was worse but like you had like you know. the the nature boy like um was this buddy, buddy Roger? robert buddy, buddy rogers 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 yeah buddy rogers yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had like him, even like Ric Flair, like with the robes and the mm. hair, and it yeah. seems like flamboyance. And I know we talked about that too in Mexico, like the exoticos and stuff. Like, yeah, the, a flamboyance in wrestling has always had its place because it's, I mean, it's a visually catching sort. It of is, and it's character. it was almost always used as a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Mexico in the 1940s is when you started seeing exoticos, which were rudos. They were bad guys, mm. and it was like what you're saying. They're they're gay coded. Um, characters, mm-hmm. and they would be there to get all the guys in there that are all beer drunk and just like fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the I mean, Exoticos is like is a huge topic that we could just do an entire thing on. Oh yeah, I bet we should. We, we will we should should. say that. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, the wild thing about Exoticos is they've started getting over as baby faces with the exact same crowd. Like, yeah. and eventually now, like, and the biggest what, stars in Mexico are like in some cases Exoticos, and now are actually like like frequently gay men like performers yeah, i was gonna say it started as just these straight guys just like playing a character and then just with the, how their characters are it made it so people who are gay and are, are like hey you know what i can just be me out there mm. turn it up to 11 like any other yeah. wrestling character would be in this day and 
people are actually going to like me. Like you have like full Exotico stables. You have like um, shows like with all um, just full Exotico like wrestlers. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. people like crossing over into like the U.S. wrestling. Like one of the big ones was Cassandro, who did stuff in Ring of Honor mm-hmm. in the mid two thousand. Did IWA Mid South, which is a was a fucking death match promotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Broke Chuck Taylor's arm. Yeah, um, but uh, but I mean I think like interesting way to like transition to like stuff that you know eventually like started to have a trajectory of any representation and things changing was like basically the wwf exotico was gold dust yes mm-hmm. like that's when it really hit like mainstream because mm-hmm. like even like what you're saying like adorable adrian adonis like it was just a character for a little bit like unfortunately he passed away in a car accident mm-hmm. in canada mm-hmm. um but it was more so just a character, even like the model Rick Martel. Mm. He had that um, just the same kind of flamboyance, but it wasn't necessarily anything that was there, what we saw with Goldust. There's never, it was never overt, even though no one involved at the time would say it was overt. They always had like qualifying statements for what Goldust actually was. But I mean, if you look at Goldust, Goldust, you know. Still wrestling today, like thirty-year career. It just mm-hmm. had a five-star match. He's an incredible wrestler, Dustin Rhodes. Um, Goldust is such like <laughs> yeah, dude. man. Like it is hard to even <laughs> yeah. like figure out where to start with Goldust. I mean, yeah. my introduction, so especially to, at the beginning of his character, uh, mm-hmm. my introduction to wrestling was Goldust making a woman take her clothes off. Like it, like his whole purpose was to be uncomfortable, uh, right? It, 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 was to draw heat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Was to, like rubbing up on other boys. Ooh, boo. Uh, and, I mean, er, they would say, he's not gay. He's not gay. He's androgynous. Like, mm-hmm. that, I, they had an interview where Vince McMahon asked if he was gay. Uh-huh. Like, in the ring. Uh-huh. Like, on a fucking TV show. Oh, mm-hmm. like it was written? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and watching like, some of those videos that Zach put on that playlist, I was like, man, they could really, you could get away with a lot on TV back then. Uh, yes. Oh, like, yeah. You, yes. Go watch some old Gold Dust like segments too, and look at some signs in the back, and you'll see exactly the kind of heat they're trying to draw. Mm-hmm. Like, basic, like, like just straight up, like just nineties. Gold, gold the- Dust is faggot. Like that's just what it says. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, yeah. Like, put in the nineties what was they were saying to Gorgeous George. Mm-hmm. But bring that to the '90s. Bring that, uh, yeah, to you know, a crowd that like started was watching South Park and like Beavis yeah. and Butthead. Yeah, like, yeah, and who were behind like sto- like the man's man Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin. It, even like before Steve Austin was like Stone Cold, like he yeah, was yeah. getting this. It was they 90, were behind like super manly male stripper Shawn Michaels. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like even that character, like oh yeah, and like they we'll we'll get into that more. Like that character, and then even like his feud with Brett. Like how they were bringing stuff up, but I remember as a kid watching this segment with Goldust and Ahmed Johnson, and Ahmed Johnson got knocked out, and he the uh, EMTs were taking him out, and Goldust stopped him and gave him mouth to mouth. Oh yeah, and yeah. then Ahmed Johnson woke up and had the gold around his face, and then he just started beating the shit out of everybody. And I remember just thinking like. Wait, why is he so mad? Got yeah, it got revived. Like, I was like, like fucking yeah. ten years old, like like nothing in my brain connected, um, and I was just like, oh, yeah. like, why is he mad? He helped him. Gold dust is like, and I hadn't even really thought about it until we were like doing research for this. Is like I always in my head put gold dust in that category of like a character that sort of 
like broke down some barriers but then you look back at some of that stuff and it's like oh there were a lot more misses than hits it, i oh, think yeah. and yeah. He, he did in a way like i mean it's it's really complicated because like one like there's the first time they kind of were a little overt about it you know but at especially the same- before they brought terry in yeah because it was just ever he had like that weird bellboy mm-hmm like and like his feud with Razor Ramon, where he had like a tattoo on his chest that said Razor and a heart. Yeah, like so in that way, like yes, it broke down some some barriers and stuff, but if, like it was, it was still it the it was still the nineties. Yeah, know? and then like, you see him in blackface, and you see yeah. him in all these other things. Like, oh, that character has, that was late. That was, I know it was later. Yeah, I know it was later, but it's just like oh, Goldust's career is full of potholes <laughs> or the tr- like the Tourette's thing when he got electrocuted oh yeah, yeah oh dude. yeah like I mean his whole character forever has been like even when they moved away from the like the, the sexuality and like the, the androgyny quote unquote like um, which was just the fact that he would wear that's a, actually how like, I found out what that word is is from oh, gold dust I'm, I'm sure me too like in reality um, they, they would always use gold dust as like a way to you know be controversial in some way. That was the only thing they knew how to be with Goldust. Mm-hmm. Like basically, once Goldust stopped getting heat for, uh, for you know, being gay or whatever the perce- the perception of him was, they were like, well, how else can we do this? Like, how else can we be con- controversial with him? And then he was just too much of a baby. The face, art- well, so. then he was like the artist formerly known as Goldust, and had like Luna walking him out on the leash. Mm-hmm. Like they just try to push like, the envelope so yeah. hard. The well, son of a son of a plumber. And and Dustin Rhodes didn't really like everything he had to do. Like he was, he's been he was very like he was so all in. He said that he would, he actually pitched to Vince to get breast implants. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Um, it, he wasn't like on board with it at first, but then like he's like, well, this is my job. This is my chance. Also, he was dealing with some substance abuse. Oh, okay, okay. At the time and very was hard. very much. Um, like had no relationship with his dad anymore, and yeah. a lot of gold dust is a rib on Dusty. No matter what Bruce Pritchard or anyone will say, uh, he has a lisp. Well, that and Dusty is—I mean—another one of those like flamboyant, like his was a lot more appropriating black culture. That's mm. true. That's actually there's a reason why he went they, to a black church, right? Well, I would not be surprised. Yeah. I think I heard it's, that yeah. on some podcast. I mean, there's a reason why they named the. Black character Virgil uh, after Dusty's shoot name. And then okay. why they called okay. Akeem, like, his, his nickname was the African Dream and he danced around like Dusty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's not part of this, but sorry. It is not, but no, just. But, I mean, um, so, yeah, I mean, Goldust, like, it's, like, it's super complicated because, yes, broke down barriers in in some ways, but, again. Were they the right barriers? No. No. <laughs> Did it, 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 it it's so tough because it's like it got at least a conversation started. Yeah. And yeah. Especially in a time like the 90s. Um, but at the same time, it's like it, some of it just was so fucking like in poor taste. Yeah, yeah. It missed mm-hmm. way more than it hit. Was yeah. that like the birth of the bad attitude era? That was the birth of the attitude Okay. Era. That's what like, I thought. Goldust is, I think, like underappreciated as the beginning of the attitude era because he was years before. That was 95. Yeah. Like, he, beginning of 95. Bef- Stone Cold was the ringmaster still when he's like. When oh, this, shit. He, like Goldust was the first character doing this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, so after Goldust, like, again, like. If you just look at WWE or, you know, WCW at the time, like, there really still hasn't been 
a solid on-screen representation of a gay character. Mm-hmm. Like there, there have been openly couple openly gay wrestlers, um, but still, that's within the last couple of years, and that's not their character. Really. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's like one of those things you see the 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 trajectory almost seems like a lot of uh, like gay wrestlers come out after their res- in-ring career has ended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mo- I mean, most have outside. I mean. If you go Chris, to, uh, Chris Canyon, for Chris, instance. Yeah, Chris Canyon, uh, someone that um, is real sad, um, yeah. came out after he uh, retired and then, you know, eventually committed suicide and had a lot of mental health issues. Came, he came out, retracted it, then eventually, like, came back out. Some of it was in ring. Some of it wasn't. Like, it was hard to tell what was real and what wasn't. Before mm-hmm. he died, he was open about being gay and like you can find interviews with him talking about it openly and stuff but he's it, it, a real sad example of like someone who he definitely didn't like ever feel comfortable to be who he was and then yeah. after he came out every, pretty much everyone who he shared locker room with was like wouldn't have cared like yeah. you know like it's just, it's just such a, a hard thing especially because you think of wrestlers being this certain type of person and so I think he just felt, and especially in that industry mm. and at that time, mm-hmm. like he just, mm. it, it, it did not help his mental health and yeah. where he was at. When, when you never see someone who looks like you and like is what you are, mm-hmm. like that's a big thing. Like I can attest to personally, like I never saw any representation of queer people whatsoever that I identified with mm-hmm. at all. Like mm-hmm. there was all will and grace gold mm-hmm. dust you know like stuff like like that like and that's not who i am at all like i had similar conversations with a lot of people like that that that's the reason why it took them so long well um, and that's like i mean most people thought gay people were is his name jack from will and grace yes that's what everyone assumed every gay person was mm-hmm. yeah and yes some are like that and they're great but that's it, not it, everyone and not it, everyone, it yeah. plays back to that like that gorgeous george character being just so flamboyant and that's mm-hmm. kind of what brought like that to television yeah. mm-hmm. and to entertainment was that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you like part of on that playlist, I had interview with the, the wrestler Pero. Yeah. That yes. one for sure. Uh, you know, he all Japan pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, fucking he, great wrestler. He's a great wrestler. Um, like big giant man, like talking, he put himself into conversion therapy because he assumed there's no way I can be gay. You know, like, being this way, like never seeing anyone like that. Actually, mm-hmm. once got to interview Brian Cook, the bass oh, player from yeah. Russian Circles, Botch, Sumac, um, Roy. my my favorite bass player ever. Um, <laughs> about you know, he's been married to his husband, I think, for like twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Like, and he he and Perro actually look almost exactly. They alike. do. That's what I it's thought really too in that weird. interview. But um, and same thing with him. No, no representation. So that's t- takes forever. So yeah. Um, and that can be really disheartening. Yeah. Well, especially like yeah. with Brian Cook, like being in like the hardcore scene in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and being openly gay. It's like, that's, that takes some fucking balls. It's, it's <laughs> another spot where it's like, it's run by like a lot of, like you just think, especially with the audience is a lot of masculinity and a mm-hmm. lot of yeah. stuff like that. And so you don't see any representation on that, like in that front, especially in the early days of like the hardcore scene yeah. or like with wrestling. I mean, people knew, 
Pat Patterson, right? Well, was even gay, you, but like you, like he never was out with you them. No, everybody you don't was talk like, about it. But yeah, then you exactly. back to like the other video you shared, like that TMZ video uh, with Darren Young. Yeah, and like, people being like the questions that you get asked, like, "What do you think people are going to think about? Like, think about seeing you wrestle another man when you're a gay man." It's like the idea that it's like I'm just a fucking professional wrestler, professional like doing wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. All, you know, like like why like that idea of of. People being like not being able to distinguish that sexual preference to a a professional level, like a a career person. It's like all like that view is like all gay men are predatory towards all other men, Mm -hmm. and it's like that is so. But that that was I mean that Mm -hmm. that prevails today. I mean like that's how people see shit. Yeah, because that was like in what twenty twelve, when he came out. Yeah, I think it's twenty maybe twenty twelve. It might have been. Like more recent than that. Was he was wrestling 20... for WWE? Yeah, uh, so it was 2012, 2013 yeah. because CM Punk was still um, there because there was like this huge wrestling yeah, article um, that like when Darren Young came out to the locker room, uh, CM Punk I think was a champion or was like you know one of the top guys at the time and stood right by him and said if anybody has a problem you're gonna come talk to me and then just like gave him a big hug in front of everybody and mm. like right there is like. If you would not have the TMZ video, yeah. like with those stupid fucking questions, and you just have uh, Fred Rosser, Darren Young, just wanting to come out like the way he like would want to, and then you have like your top guy go and say, "Hey, everybody's accepting." I think that's like speaks a lot more, mm-hmm. and especially like when you see like a if you have like a little kid that comes and sees or reads or whatever that, it's gonna make it so much more like, "Oh wow, this is cool!" Like, "Oh cool," and then it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas then you ask stupid questions like, "Well, what about if you like wrestling dudes? Like, don't you think you're gonna maybe get a boner yeah. when you're wrestling?" Like John Cena. Well, yeah. Dudes. John Cena. That always happens. Yeah. John Cena in that video was I liked it a lot because there's yeah. like, oh, he did yeah. it. Good for him. Yeah. He like, like you he, can tell he, he that knew. John knew. Yeah. Yeah. That, that about Darren being and gay. John's like, just I don't know. He even regardless of what he actually believes, he's such a professional. And I just, honest to God think he's just a pure human being. I just think like, he's a good I hope kind so. of dude yeah. sometimes. All the things guy. he, he posts. Except when it comes to women sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think he's just kind of a Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, like, I don't know. There's there's a, I mean, between, like, where we're at now and, like, you know, where we're kind of left off, there's a, there's a lot of shit that's, like, real gross. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and I don't even think it necessarily, like, all requires that much attention, but, like, you know, there's the Billy and Chuck like angle, which is like, you know, a notorious one. A notorious one because it it was almost okay. It like, was. Yeah. I looked at the first like, video. I was like, that's was almost like, kind of sweet. Yeah. Like, the like, way they, they I was po- expecting. Sorry. Oh no, you go ahead. I was expecting Billy Gunn when Chuck proposed to him to like beat the shit out of him. I was mm-hmm. expecting him to turn and like be like, "Fuck you, I'm not gay." Like that's what I was expecting yeah, watching like, it, and he was just like, "Oh." Cool, yeah, but like, he was also. They also played it off like tag team partners for life. Yeah, were, yeah it was all was very real coy and real bad. Yeah, like the characters that they're playing weren't great because again, they're like the jokes were always like, "Oh, they like they fell on top of each other." Like, yeah. yeah, and there's straight men playing gay people. There's yeah. always there's issues with well, that. It, it, Queer baiting. There is. Um, it was a team in the late '90s uh, WCW, and it was Lenny and Lodi. They were called mm-hmm. the West Hollywood Blondes. Um, and they said that they actually was – I just fucking remember because I was looking up who Mortis's partner was. It was Wrath. 
Um, and I was reminded of the flock. Then I'm like, oh, fuck Lenny and Lodi. And they base, and this is all in the 90s, they base their characters off of the Robert Smigel SNL cartoon, The Ambiguously Gay Duo. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And they based like Lenny and Lodi off of that. And it's the exact same thing that Billy and Chuck were doing, where it's like, oh, all the jokes are like, oh, they're gay, mm-hmm. but they never would say anything. And it was all like, it was all jokes. And it was all like, they're heels. And they have the boy band song. And they dyed their hair blonde. Then they got the stylist Rico. Mm. Then they like Rico Constantino was there being just the, the quote unquote, like the, the trope of the gay stylist, like mm-hmm. the gay hairstylist. Like that thing that was in like in movies like all through like the two thousands. I remember I don't know why this came up recently, was the bend and snap scene in Legally Blonde. Perfect mm. film. They have the the character trope of Oh, there's the oh every salon has that gay stylist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first gay person I ever met as a child was the dude who cut mine and my mom's hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean like it. There's it's a it's a trope with some truth to it. Yeah, like yeah. I mean it's a lot of gay men who get into hair because especially the '90s it was a, a socially acceptable way to express like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. effeminate qualities as a man. Cause, yeah, because like, women are gonna hopefully be nice to you, and when men would be shitheads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, but then that angle, like, as, there was problems with it, but it was still, it was, it was decent, like for most of it. Like Mark, where, Henry, yeah. Mark Henry was even like, "Fuck yeah, guys!" Well, yeah. yeah, like you know, they, <laughs> yeah, they, Mark Henry's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, they were, you know, like, like it was for comedy and stuff, but like they were actually gonna go through with it and stuff, and like even like Glad got on board and was like promoting the angle. Like, oh, they, weird. Oh, really? oh and they this is where it. they just flipped off oh, everybody. Man. They, without telling anyone, without telling Glad, without, they changed it last minute. They decided to do a swerve and, you know, like Eric Bischoff is the, is the minister under a mask, which legitimately good swerve on that end because really no good one, makeup effects nobody yes. fucking great saw makeup that. Yeah. Really better than the makeup. mission impossible uh, too man. Was, really good i remember effect. watching Eric, this the same people they got the mission impossible too <laughs> holy to come shit and do that, that's that makeup i watched that's a this waste fucking, of money like live i did i i did too this, and yeah, this I, is right in your wheelhouse yeah. So. yeah i watched it live too and i for, totally forgot about it until we went and revisited oh, i remember did i just hear myself say three minutes yeah and, you know, and then eventually the, the swerve even kept going on further where it was like they weren't actually in love, shit. Like, it just, like, and then immediately just wrote off TV. Cause, uh, yeah, and, like, Billy Gunn was just like, I'm not gay. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, man. Yeah, they, like, just, they they played into the, like, oh, I just tag team partners, right? It's like, you guys were at a wedding. Like, you were about to say I do to that man before, like, you three-minute warning attacked you. Like, how can you now say you're not gay, Billy? Like, they just immediately like because like people were so glad up. was fucking glad was very pissed. upset. Like, I could imagine. And this is just from what I saw from those videos. It seemed like Stephanie was super into the angle too. I mean, she was a big. She was head of creative at the time, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, at least on SmackDown because she replaced Heyman. So maybe on both shows. The probably on both shows because she was on that was a raw. Angle. Even as her character, it seemed yeah, like she was, was supporting it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was a SmackDown angle. Yeah, I, right, I think. Yeah. Heyman was head of creative, but she was like Heyman's boss. Yeah, one of those things. Yeah, and Heyman was like gone now yeah. and stuff. And yeah, and she was—I mean, she was babyface Stephanie at the time. Okay, weird. Okay, yeah. like that was weird. It's <laughs> that I mean, is weird. It, it's impossible now, but she was still. <laughs> yeah, young when Reverend Devon comes up and she's like, "Stay out of their business." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Because like so. they they really could have like wedding aside like even if it is straight people playing a gay character, like they could have like done way more good than they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is like. Billy and Chuck were over. Like, yeah. As uh, like that angle was over. It's, like, because it it went from being like they're the 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 heels. Like they started getting traction as baby faces. Yeah. From this. Like, and this is at a time in like media where like and just our like the country where it's like this is the W Bush like George W Bush era. Like people were starting to rally behind like more liberal ideas again. Like because they were starting to hate like. The, the Bush administration in that era, like this was like a time to do it. And yeah. they still were like, no. Well, and was that at the same time as like Will and Grace? Well, because, and like, like the, the original, yeah. like Queer Eye and yeah. like, stuff Queer like that Eye was like, like, well then on the other show, they were also doing another angle. I was going to say HLA. HLA. Yeah. Oh God. Because, gross. Yeah. It's, it's very gross. It's also, this is another trope that I like, bums me out it's just like Mm. girls can be gay but dudes can't Mm. it's like it's funny if dudes are gay it's hot when girls are gay yeah and And like there's a fucked up and neither is actual acceptance it's no 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 yeah and like it's fetishized for women and then it's gross if it's dudes yeah yeah and like um like the thing with like with you know hla and like so if you don't know it's I don't necessarily recommend watching any of no, it. No, I, I couldn't like, watch it. It made me more uncomfortable than some matches I've watched. Uh, yeah, um, lesbian it is, action. Yeah, it is Eric Bischoff getting bringing two women to the ring and getting saying promising the crowd HLA, but no one knows what that means. And then he reveals it means hot lesbian action. And they just say it. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's like not it's like not subtle. There's not a joke to it. It's yeah. just it's just weird. And I gross. think these like, people want to see you with a big wet kiss or whatever, and, and then, then the just, crowd's like, yeah, and it is so on gross. Jerry Springer level. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and like him instructing them on mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. You know what? So I and so I saw that, and I was like, oh man, I I kind of I really really hope. Bischoff has changed. And then I also looked at them like, that's a 40 year old man instructing these women to like kiss and take off each other's shirts and like denim skirts. I will say that he had no creative input. At the oh, time. I know he didn't yeah. have any creative input, but it's still just like, I, I don't know. He didn't seem to have anything issue with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and like that, you know, even rewind a, a few more years to the other kind of grossest thing I'm talk about is, uh, Mark Henry and Sammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of you watched that video, yeah, uh, he got yeah. dust in the bed, or he got a no, no, uh, Mark Henry got a BJ uh, from a China's friend Sammy. Oh, who, oh, god damn it, yeah, um, I, I, it's real gross. Like, uh, it's super. It, it's basically find out that China swerved uh, Mark Henry by uh, setting Mark Henry sexual chocolate, Mark Henry up with China's friend Sammy. And Mark Henry finds out that Sammy has a penis, as he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and like huge joke. Instantly runs Mar- to the bathroom. Well, and oh, and, pukes, and, well, and Mark Henry's and, mom is there, like in the crowd when the videos revealed, and she's like, "I'm so disappointed in my son." And like, Ugh. it's just like, Ugh. and 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 that's kind of the thing where it's like, there's these different levels of uh, acceptance and things like where like Billy and Chuck. There, you know, there's still it was still played off for a joke. It still would have been, you know, a little bit, but they're over, and people would have been 
largely kind of fine with it. Like, uh, if they had actually gone through with that wedding, but that's like just like, like two gay men, you mm-hmm. know, then there's these other levels where like women were still being fed, like what, like lesbian women were still being fetishized, like mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, they're not even close to being okay with, they literally uh, a, just a like trans issue. Their, the their name was literally the lesbians. The lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if like we fast forward, there's still like zero acceptance in WWE of like the idea of a trans person. Really, if you look at say the Bobby Lashley sister segment, yeah, the joke yeah. was men in a dress. Yeah, like, that was uh. like, and, and you know, I know that that's not them. Like, it's not at the level of Sammy and Mark Henry, but it's still like the joke is, oh look, it's. Like, it's all just it, a, it, a get up. It's like, all a get up. Like, like, like was, oh, could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, that man has a beard. Like, or like that woman has a beard. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, some do. Like even cis women have beards, you know? Like yeah. Yeah. there's still these like levels of acceptance where it's like very, very similar to like corporate pride where it's like, yeah, they'll, they'll accept up to a point and the like, safest, most comfortable option. Mm-hmm. But yep. you still see what their, the real like views are behind everything. Yeah. Um, but the good thing that I'll say, like, that I, you know, is that wrestling these days, you don't have to just, like, watch WWE. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole lot. You There's know, a lot of good out there. Uh, the, the the Wikipedia page for uh, openly queer uh, professional wrestlers is basically only. It's very ma- small. It's only major people who worked in major companies. Okay. Um, because there are literally entire promotions now. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. You know. There's Matter of Pride um, and a whole lot of others, you know, like uh, where it's literally all queer people. Like the most out, like queer professional wrestlers ever, you know, of across like a very gigantic spectrum of being queer are like out there and like open and like that's really awesome. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. um, it's still not perfect. You know, the fact that there's still only a few signed to any companies is yeah. uh, like I'm super unfortunate. Yeah. Is it really only it's sunny kiss? Well, so in WWE it's Sonya yeah. Deville. Yeah. Um, there's a few other performers that I, I don't necessarily want to say are open, but there's some like uh, have talked about things vaguely like Shayna. Yeah. Like there's some like stream, like streams where like, I, I don't know if Shayna is openly like bisexual, but she has talked about it like on a gaming stream once, basically. Yeah. Like, and and there's stuff like that where it's like, and that's almost kind of cool too, where people don't have to be. Yeah, you like, don't have to be in their business. Vocally open. It no, right. Well, life, like the, you know? that idea of like the, the the flamboyant character, still like you know, like Velveteen Dream and like Tyler Breeze and and stuff too. Like that that character trope is still. It's you. those those two especially are pretty queer coded I would say oh I, yeah definitely especially I mean, Velveteen like, especially yeah. Velveteen you know but it's like, like you know but it's not he's specified not queer, he's not queer coded enough at times like it's yeah. disappointing <laughs> yeah Anya and I are very disappointed whenever he's surrounded by just women yeah well, like and that Alistair Black match he had was was I mean. You could tell me that both of those men were gay and be like, yep, Hmm? yep. And what I really enjoy about at least the response now is that it's a positive one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like the gorgeous George days or the gold dust days where the queer-coded character is used as a heel. I mean, yeah, at first that's what Velveteen came in as, and it was like that 
like that almost like that mix of prince and everything i mean fucking the purple rainmaker i mean mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he's prince but he's prince. like it's he's dialed it up so much yep and his popularity skyrocketed yeah yeah and it's just cool to see that it's like even um, another character that is not in WWE, but in a major Dalton Castle, mm-hmm. like again another queer coded character, and he actually has boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like and the like, sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but I mean, like it is like especially on the indies or like other companies, you know, like it is a reason to like is a reason characters get over like, and mm-hmm. it, it's not like a cheap thing. It's just like. They people legitimately like see themselves in these characters, like, yeah. and and or just performers themselves. Sometimes they're not really even playing a character, you know. Like Jack X Smith was just playing himself, basically, but like it's a very beloved like person. And unfortunately, he's someone who just had to retire. But yeah, yeah. yeah. two days ago, and same with Charlie Morgan, um, another great wrestler. She literally came out in the ring as part of an angle. Um, she had to retire. Yeah, she had to retire. Oh. and also Chris Wolf. We keep losing. Oh no, <laughs> queer, queer wrestlers. This She's, year, yeah. She just got married, right? She, yeah, yeah, she got married and then like retired. Yeah, yeah. due to injury. She right just after. was it like a well, bunch of head. She also didn't want to wrestle forever. Also, yes. wasn't a bunch yeah. of head stuff. I think so, or yeah. ne- head or neck. But yeah. um, that Charlie Morgan video sent was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah it was super. Yeah, it it's was. super good. Um, uh, but like that's you know, and then like AEW, like for like they are. They're trying, like, I, yeah. very obviously to be have representation. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Nyla Rose being signed by them is a is a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. Nyla Rose is great because she's she's representing so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her. That are underrepresented. Yeah, like, trans, Native American, Black, yeah. the Black mm-hmm. community, like, so many people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and she's very like, uh, like aware of like people who came before her and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like she shouts out like the exoticos and, and trans wrestlers in, in Japan for like a long time that it's, this is only new in America and like, yeah. brings yeah. up that point. Because like, with, like the representation being important, like I remember at double or nothing, the dude that was sitting like right next to you, Oster, Oscom, like Oscom. <laughs> but like, it's like, they, it was like, oh, what's her, what's her nickname? Uh, Rose. The native, the native beast. beast. Native beast. He was native. He's like, yes, that's my yeah. girl right there. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, like they're like watching. They're like whatever, and then he's like, that's my girl. That's my girl. Because I'm assuming he was he's Inuit. No, that's what he, that's what he said. Mm. I, I heard him say. He, they were very loud. <laughs> they, were, they were very loud. Let's, we don't need to get in. We've yeah. talked about him before, but yeah, like he was stoked and like. Um, well, what's so cool about like with Nyla Rose and I watched both of her matches with the commentary and everything is that there's no shitty fucking like, like commentary about it. They're not like, there's no illusions that she's trans or that she was a dude. Yeah. At like one the, point the in way, her life. Yeah. The like way that the it would have been. Male. Yeah. Like sign mail at birth at, at all. Like except yeah, yeah. in interviews where it's a good place to, and they're talking about like it as a representation thing. Like, yeah. Um, same, I mean, as same as any character, like it shouldn't be like their personal life, who they are, who they're attracted to, like their gender, like why should that even be, that's never brought up really on commentary, like normally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's only when it's quote unquote different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 You don't see like John Cena coming on TV and like he fucks girls. Just let you know. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, another thing that's kind of cool about AEW and Nyla Rose specifically is one of my friends, uh, Dash, uh, who was queer, um, they, there were people being shitty during a Nyla Rose match and they were like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable. This isn't where you belong. Like, this is for people who want to be accepted and it's for everyone, but you can't be an asshole. Yeah. And they felt comfortable enough to say it because of the... The, I don't know what like the, the environment the environment that, that yeah. AEW has created. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, like I mean, the signing like Nyla Rose and and Sunny Kiss and like Sunny Kiss is another example of like very much like a like a specific like the using like his queerness like very flamboyantly. But <laughs> yeah. like that is yeah. who. But that's who Sunny is, and that's like. And it's using it in a way that would be still be uncomfortable to people who would be accepting of Billy and Chuck, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, they people want gays to be flamboyant, but not uh, too not yeah, not too yeah. flamboyant you know, it's, unless it's a joke, yeah. like, right? It's that thing of like um, you know you hear all time and time again that the best characters are people who are just being themselves turned up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so but and then and what I thought too was interesting in that Jack Jack Sexsmith. Yes. Yeah, Jack Sexsmith. Uh, that video you're saying is like I am happy to be the the pansexual wrestler, but I'm mo- I want to move towards an area that is I'm a wrestler who is pansexual. Like yeah. to take that like that identity doesn't have to be the gimmick, but if that is your personality, like don't have to shy away from who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like the future that hopefully we're moving towards. And that, that's why I really enjoy Effie's work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That promo was also fucking that's, cool. I'm probably going to put Can you cut it in? in? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was planning to because that's so good. Did she get that microphone? And they're all so happy 
to have a booking right now that they won't say anything about it. Everything up there right now is, yes, sir, thank you, sir. So excited to be a part of this show. And then next month, what happens? They go back to women's wrestling? Is that, is that what we did at first because it was hot? Are the gays hot now? Do we just jump on it? Here's where we're at, folks. I have nothing to lose. I beat up a child, and I got more bookings. I talk crap about Gabe Sapolsky, I get more bookings. I am a micro-economy in the United States. I am not a $40 and a handshake. My bills are paid. So I have nothing to be threatened by by taking a stand here and saying, tomorrow when July starts, and everybody changes their Twitter profiles back from the gay flag. It's it's their personality dialed up to eleven, yeah. like, and th I, they want that as part of their character, I, I, and it just yeah. I, I love that promo because Effie's still being a heel, like mm -hmm. yeah. but making good points, like making uh, very good points. Describe the promo if we um, haven't played yeah, it yet. Yeah, so or... um, basically, Effie showed up in, in Rise um, after it's Matter Pro what no, what was it called? I forgot what it's. But For Rise is a Pride. women's promotion yeah. that is connected with Shimmer. Yeah, okay, and they, and they did a. a Specifically, like Pride event, where yeah. all queer performers. Yeah. Um, Effie wasn't booked on it, which then obviously was part of an angle, you know, yeah. that Effie wasn't booked. Effie showed up, attacked, uh, forgot who actually attacked, but like atta attacked um, an, a wrestler, and then like after the show, and like delivered this promo saying, "What every, every basically as a heel saying every like Pride show should have Effie on it, you know, I, I'll make you more money." Blah blah blah, all this right. real stuff. But then going into like all my bank accounts, fine. So I don't mind saying this. Every you know, all these like queer performers are getting all these bookings this during Pride. It's great. Uh, but what happens July first when all the bookings stop coming in ex for people except me? Mm -hmm. You know, like yep. it's great to like put this on a poster so you sell more tickets. But you know, basically like doesn't matter because you're going to forget about us the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, very much how pride month in general feels to queer yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and like calling out other promotions saying that they don't book queer talent because they don't want to be known as quote unquote, the gay promotion. Yeah. God. Um, so it was, and if not mistaken, rises introducing men into the like promotion now. I think right? aside, like, like the, a little like more than yeah, because aside from Joey Ryan, oh, finally Joe, give them a give men a chance. I, but I mean, they're just like moving into being an intergender. Promotion, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because Joey Ryan's just done a bunch of intergender stuff with them. But I think other than just Joey Ryan, I think they're kind of bringing in like some more uh, male talent. So, yeah, um, which was like a part of that whole thing was the Joey Ryan signing. I think we talked about last week. And yeah. yeah, how they um, did donate it to a charity and yeah. everything. So. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, like, I'm always concerned just during, especially during Pride, like, you see so much, like, like businesses changing their Facebook profiles and putting up a flag, but then, mm -hmm. like, okay, that's cool, but what are you actually doing, you know, and do you do anything else the rest of the year? Like, I, there's, like, 
places that and like companies that's like I wouldn't feel super comfortable being in there most of the year but you put up a pride flag you know like yeah. stuff like that um Wells Fargo still has their flag up yeah fuck them <laughs> yeah <laughs> specifically fuck that bank but, yeah motherfuckers um but, I mean fuck most banks yeah also yes <laughs> yes I like Idaho Central yeah yeah I see credit you baby credit, credit union yeah, yeah credit they're union. different than banks yeah, everyone this is a dumb conversation. I know, so I know. I almost <laughs> went off onto some credit union talk, and this is not the episode. For <laughs> That's who yeah. we are as people. <laughs> That'll, be as a podcast. That'll be a whole segment, just credit unions. Yeah, next week, instead of t- talking about deathmatch wrestling, we're going to talk about credit unions. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, so like seeing that like there is like representation just like so widespread now. Like, and you know, we put out a call for a lot of responses, and my plan is to just like. Basically, I'm going to cut those in and, and read off some written responses because it's got a lot of responses and a lot of people interested. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you so much for yeah. responding. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool to see. It's really, it's really awesome. And a very common thing is just like seeing like any representation and even of queer coded characters that are done in a, in a good way. Like not, un, not surprisingly, and surprised, but surprised we haven't talked about them. Like a lot of Golden Lovers fans. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. a lot of people like saying like, that was like a entryway into it. You can yeah, that you story. see like, like yeah, like two guys that they aren't. They are more than just friends. Like even though sometimes the commentary be like, oh, they're they're friends. It's like mm-hmm. no, they're literally yeah. called the Golden Lovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like everyone keeps fighting against it except them. Yeah. Like it's not fans, but like it's just such a weird because they keep it so quiet. Because yeah, their private matters lives don't really matter to us. But like. If they just said something, like, more people would be into it. Yeah, if if anyone listening gets the chance to, uh, you should seek out that Omega Man documentary about Kenny Omega. uh, And they talk a lot about the Golden Lovers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's it's really cool to show the kind of the impact that 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 Mm -hmm. tag team had on that that area, you know, of wrestling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Japan is not known for being the most uh, welcoming uh, for for, uh, gay wrestling. Mm -hmm. Tell that to Dan Shukudino. I apologize, Dan Shukadino. <laughs> that's one of the most. Uh, that's actually the person with Joey Ryan, where the dick flip was invented. Oh, sick. oh, really? Oh, yes. nice. Mm. Yeah, and and a lot of like other things and like the responses too is just like even the smallest things like Finn's like WrestleMania Finn's WrestleMania entrance a couple years ago. Yeah, that like, was super cool. It was you know and and seeing stuff like that like seeing the tiniest bits of like representation even of someone being an ally. I was going to say, because, like, you know, as far as, like, myself and um, straight person, um, that is uh, very important is to use what we can and using our platform. And that's what Finn did. That's super important. And part of being an ally as well is kind of knowing when to also step back. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he did a great job of being like, hey, here this is. This is something I'm championing, but this is not my spot. Yeah. And on that. On that note, too, I think what we were saying, like that widespread representation is so important, not just to the like individual communities being represented, but to wrestling fans as a whole. Because like I think yeah. back to myself as, you know, 12, 13 years old and I see someone playing Chuck and Billy off as a joke and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is lame to be gay. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's I mean, like same. Right. Like, it, yeah. right yeah. It, it just creates that, you know, but like same like same boat. It's just a, a straight guy. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what's that's what's 
lame. Like, okay, I'll I'll perpetuate that. Especially yeah. as a kid, when you're so impressionable, 12, 13 years old, you're starting mm-hmm. to kind of start get real world views. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the people I look up to are making fun of this group. Oh, okay, I'll make fun of it. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I mean, like, so widespread representation is good for everybody, and that, yeah. Yeah, it goes without saying. But it's yeah. just like, especially in professional wrestling, with such a uh, filthy past. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what it what it really comes down to is just humanizing. Yep. Like it, it when you see it, even if you aren't a part of that community, you're humanizing that person yeah. in that community and if they are a positive representation. Yeah. And yeah. making it what it is is yeah. normal. Yeah. Like making everyone think it's not weird. Yeah. And it's just like this is how people live. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And if it's and if it's something that you identify with, if it's like like for Zach and I as queer people, like seeing even Finn Balor come out and everything. It's just like, you know, it humanizes us. Mm-hmm. So we ourselves see that we have value in that representation as yeah, well. Like, yeah. So it's it's important, like, for both of those aspects. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, like, the fact that, like, he's the one that went and, like, was like, hey, this is something I really want to do. Yeah. And that's being a really strong ally and, like, using that platform that he has. And that's something that's very important for um, anybody that wants to be an ally of, like, any type of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Community? A community. Like, yeah. Marginalized like, groups. Yeah, margi- yeah, there it is. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Marginalized groups because it's like when people speak on race relations and I see that, I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like, especially with, um, I'm, I know like when you guys would see something, somebody speaking for like anything with, with queer issues, you guys are like, fuck yeah. Like somebody mm-hmm. standing up for my group. Like I can see people fighting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, like I know like, like being a uh, Mexican, especially like where I'm from Caldwell, which has the super bad look when I see somebody that's like a like a white person like standing up for like Mexicans I'm like fuck yeah dude. Yeah. yeah. You're my you're my fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I know like it's it's going to be different because it's not like hated necessarily to be Mexican. So I'm not going to know the exact struggle of of every like of being queer, of having to deal with that, but I just kind of at least can relate to be like hey you know what like i understand how important an ally is because i know how it makes me feel when i mm-hmm. see an ally for like race relations mm-hmm. especially and, mm-hmm. and you know like same like representation like talked a whole bunch about like you seeing like eddie and chavo yeah. like yeah. Or, yeah. Or as, as a kid like i like as a white person i can't understand that but like you can still like find like it's important like representation and like you know is important for any marginalized group like mm-hmm. whatsoever and like even as someone who like kind of grew up not understanding that he's part of any marginalized group whatsoever um like it was still like always like r- cool to me to see like like representation that like someone else can like be excited about yeah you know? like, yeah i always get a little choked up when i see people that are like excited by something that like really ignites them you know it's yeah. just like like I get that excited. person's stoked yeah. to see themselves on TV. Yeah, like I get, I got excited when I found out Kyle O'Reilly is type one diabetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like <laughs> that is, you know, not something that I, I go out there waving the flag about because it's just it's a disease I have. Yeah. <laughs> Some people is do, and that's f- cool. But flag? Like, I'm sure it's got like I don't know a needle on it. This <laughs> <laughs> is a picture of Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then I'd fly the flag very proudly. But yeah. you know, like I was still stoked about that because yeah. it's, like, it's a little thing that I got that most like people don't understand you know? yeah well i'm like i'm not i'm not black but when black panther came out and it's same thing with when with kofi winning yeah, yeah. like there yeah. was a video of like, people uh, yeah. freaking out and it i got 
I cried. Yeah. My heart was, there was so a video of like because it's like yeah, a little this... black kid that like had dreads and he was like jumping up and down. Kofi won. Like, and that's that, me. And he's like, that's me, dad. That's me. And the dad's like, he can see this now. Like that was him. Like I teared up. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. About it right now. The video of MVP crying. Yeah. Like him and know? like they were just like him and uh, who was JTG. Yeah. Like, they're just like, you know, like fucking, grown, they, grown men, but like they still like, even though then they've been in this business, they've worked for that company. They, but, still don't like haven't seen that you know and i think you guys can kind of like when you see something like that when you see yourself represented i just kind of said it's like we fucking did it like Mm -hmm. we like it makes you feel a part of something yeah yeah and that's why having this representation with like queer people in wrestling and having them not just as a joke is so important yeah and it's so important for to have it become more than just the the sideshow and the gold dust to have it just mm. be these are wrestlers these yeah. are just yeah. everybody yeah mm-hmm. and like it, i think it's in the kind of a weird point right now where like you now sonya deville is you know is is out like is is you know there's no shying away from who she is as a person uh, she mm-hmm. wears like rainbow colored gear a lot um for pride and stuff but it's and you know darren young was was out before her um but you know, you don't want to make their sexuality like necessarily like part of their character, but at the same time, WWE also feels like very much like we just won't ever mention like yeah, very much won't make it a part of storyline either, unless they're like, going to profit from it on Pride Month. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. it's in a weird spot where like you don't want them to force it the the issue, yeah. Yeah. but it would be cool if the Sonya Deville character was all like ex- like expressly also gay yeah on tv but you know? like mm-hmm. more like the sony deville character not i can't right remember yeah. dario Bernardo. yeah um and darren young especially was very like very much just like fred uh, fred, fred, fred Rosser, Rosser was, was gay, gay. Darren, darren young's was bob backland's friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> and titus o'neill's buddy yeah um so like it you hope that eventually it can get to a point where that happens naturally like isn't forced you know like yeah. and maybe that'll happen with sonia with her being on total divas yeah like, next season I th- and... I, i'm actually very hopeful for that yeah, yeah. because i'm gonna this is just because like what i know you want to see eddie guerrero you don't want to see the mexicals with it yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah i mean basically like just hope that that can be kind of the next step where it's like it can be part of the character without it being forced, like yeah, and positive without... re- representation. Yeah, well, say, and no. I think it's letting them. Sorry, I think it's letting them like shoot, like letting them talk. Like Sonya Deville doesn't have a platform to speak because she's not anywhere important on the card. She does on social media though. And yeah, she yeah, that's true. Is actively right? doing that, that's it. That's very great media. that they have that that platform. You know, you just you want to see it become part of the story. Yeah, too, yeah like yeah. in in a positive and natural way. Exactly. Yeah. Right, because like we said, like that's what gets the characters over is when you see them, and you see them in their most like cranked up version for TV, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, then the, so like when you get handed a script like ten minutes before you got to go out, and it's just like memorize these points and get out there, you know. That's where we're not seeing those characters. Yeah, that we would love you just to. see Sonya Deville like going like, "Hey, I I beat up. I beat you, Ember Moon. Yeah, you butthead. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> when it's like people is who you get behind. Yeah, yeah." Yeah. yeah, I mean, it said like we got a bunch of responses that I'm gonna cut in just like at the end of this episode. Yeah, so. yeah. But um, Zach, thank you so much for putting that playlist together too for yeah, us and like putting all this like work together for yeah. it. Oh yeah, 
Now I got to fucking bring it heavy next time. And week. like the, yeah. uh, like, I will say like in the last little bit of time, because there was so much time where it was, everything was so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool to see now, like, at least things going in this other direction where it's getting better. Um, because, god damn it, like, yeah. it was so bad. Yeah. yeah, and like I mean, and it only like is it's only good for wrestling. Like yeah. even beyond just like being good for you know queer people like us, like it's just good for wrestling because it brings people in. You know, yep. like I there a lot of our responses are people who are are newer fans who yep. got in through um, you know queer queer performers, queer storylines, like things they could see themselves in, or like mm-hmm. I like personally know people who like have zero interest really in wrestling outside of like stuff that I, I share with them or whatever. Like I'll say the singer of my, my band, Aaron, um, also gender queer bisexual person. We're just the same person (laughs) morphing into the same person slowly. Um, uh, like has like no interest really in wrestling outside of me and the, like they listen to the show, like, because they live in San Francisco now and like, like to hear some friend vo- friendly voices and stuff. But um, our Instagram DMS are just Finn Balor, like <laughs> post back and forth with each other. And like, we joked that it was like our bisexual bonding. Like, and that was the first <laughs> thing after I came out, we bonded over both being bisexual was Finn Balor. So mm-hmm. like, and like they're legitimately somewhat interested in know some stuff about wrestling now. Yeah. Just cause they of went that. and saw like, fighting with their family or fighting with your family all by themselves. Yeah. 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 And like, that like it brings people in in a way that like you know have felt mar- like have felt disenfranchised from most media for a yep. long time and like any way you can bring them in like yeah do it like and you know there's still shit that happens so like s- keep getting better like the revival segment where they were like shaving each other's backs the joke is straight men don't do that like and like, I just want to say, first off, how would every other wrestler fucking be so smooth? <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yeah, I know. what you shaving your own back? I, I will say, if I need my back shaved, I'm a wrestler. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you, I would I, care. Like, you grab whoever's I, nearest. I do uh-huh. care. I would want one of my friends to do it, yeah. not one of my enemies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. That's fair. You want Sean <laughs> shaving Brett's back? Kinda. Yeah. I would like that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, like, like there's still stuff like that happens, or we mentioned like the, you know. Bobby Lashley's sisters and stuff like that. Yeah. It still happens. Like, but it's smaller than it used to. It's be. smaller than it used to be, and that's that's great. So, like, just call it out when you see it, and like, especially if you aren't a queer person, use your voice the the call it out. Like, and and support and, queer and, wrestlers, and yeah, support queer wrestlers. Go like buy their merch. Buy their merch, especially on like independent. Like, uh, don't like. Cool WWE has the the pride shirts that go to Glad, but also support any other organization besides Glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so that as well. I'm saying that as someone who owns those like one of those shirts. But yeah, it was go, a cool shirt. I go, had to buy it. Yeah, go buy you know a Jack Sex Smith or, or Chris Wolf or, or Charlie Nyla Bo- Rose. Morgan short short shirt. Get, like get an people who are retiring. Yeah, yeah. Or get an Effie shirt. Get a Nyla Rose shirt. Get like Chris Wolf still has shirts. I think. Yeah, Chris oh, Wolf yeah. does. Yeah, I yeah. cool yeah. shirts. Go support those like. Like wrestlers who just have to retire, like their retirement funds. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Chris Wolf, you can get on Water Maneuver. Yeah. Net, just like us. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Buy, that buy a Chris Wolf shirt. And if you're there and you want to throw some on your ship and charge, buy one of ours. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. while you're perusing the old uh, website. Support, support this queer wrestling person. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah. Should yeah. we should we wrap it up? Yeah. Should we roll for next week? Oh, it's me and for you. For two weeks? Yeah, oh, yeah, because next oh, week shit. is my topic of deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> this is going to be such a change. Yeah. Quite the change. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to prepare. I'm going to be in L.A. this weekend, brothers. Um, just good. just watch some tournament of death. I'll, I'll, oh no, I'll, watch the Viceland documentary. Okay, yeah, there's a couple that are really good on there. I'll send. I'll send some videos. Can you send, send the one where dies? Yeah, I, you can go first, sir. sir. We're w- rolling to see who gets to pick the next topic, and we're doing the Wrestle Boys Classic next week. As well. Yes, yes. Yeah. that'll that'll come back. This, just, this felt we, like a lot. To it was a cover. lot. We yeah. felt yeah. like we really need to dedicate the time that it deserves here. Yeah. It's not just me talking about Bullet Club. Can I get a nine or is that six? Uh, where's the dot? Uh, right there. Then that'd be uh, nine. Nice. It's like on the dots on the bottom of the number. It's the dot on the round end. Okay. Dots on the bottom of the number. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thirteen. Oh. Ooh. What are oh. we gonna talk about? He's um. Well, let's. Are we are we done wrapping it up? We already did our plugs. Are there any other plugs we guys have? Um. You know, support homegrown theater. I went and saw friend of the show Matt Melton. Uh, do a wonderful play called She Kills Monsters. Oh, I wish I was really good. They, oh, they yeah. extended their I've run and then sold out, sold out the extended run. So yeah. hell yeah. And they are, I mean, it's such weird and fun, like theater. Like Matt is a wonderful actor. He played this like demon dude and you could not tell like that. I couldn't tell it was Matt for a minute. It oh, was damn cool. It was it was great. Shout out Matt Melton. Um, oh, yeah. Listen to that baseball show. Speaking of which, he and Jimmy are the best. Yeah. Even if you don't like baseball, they're just very. They're fun so boys. they usually open with a little skit, and it's always fun to listen it's to. It's very good. They're both actual like improv. They're funny. Like they're actual performers. So yeah. it's actually good. Yeah. I've I've been on a couple episodes, and they legitimately just have a one sentence concept, and then go for ten minutes. And <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you when you go to the UCB theater. Yeah. Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, have you seen Stranger Things? <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Jimmy, there's a show called Stranger Things. I think you'd like it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's got are great fashion. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to decide between a couple of them. There's like three. Um, I think I'm going to do one that's going to be a little bit weird. Cool. Because I just, I, I mean, everybody expects well, like, oh, he's going to pick PWG or he's going to pick like. I put that on there. <laughs> the golden years of 2013 and 2017. <laughs> that was me. Um. We're going to do, which is number 16 on the list, the NXT game show, reality oh, show. Oh, God damn it. show era. <laughs> so the the people who are oh. on it, what they fucking did. Oh, wow. Why, is that the one Dream was on? Or is that a different no, that That's tough, tough enough. enough. Oh. This is one Titus O'Neil was on. There oh, was no, this is the thing. shit running with a keg. Where uh, EC3. EC3? Yeah. Oh, God damn There's it. the Hey Detroit. There's a the Knock Knock. I said Knock Knock. Oh, CM Punk on commentary. It is a train wreck. Yeah, There's there. a guy named Eli Cottonwood. There's uh, Daniel Bryan almost killing himself on a dive in his first match. Against, against Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, so Hitting his head against the announce table on a dive. Oh, this God. is a, this is NXT before Triple H got his greasy mitts it's on. It's NXT before it was developmental and it was the third brand. Damn. Um, also, real quick, one of my favorite things about this episode is Isai was holding a pen the entire time. And looking at a blank pad of paper, like he was looking at notes that weren't there. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a great thing. Um, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, Russell boys, three sixteen says 
representation is important. Wrestling is for anyone, unless you're a fuck. Go away. Fuck turfs. Hi, everyone. This is Zach coming back in here. Um, As I was saying um, on the episode, um, I put out a call for other uh, LGBTQIA plus wrestling fans um, to, to send me, you know, just their, their general thoughts on being a queer wrestling fan. I sent out a couple of very basic questions because kind of as jumping off points, but um, told people to just say whatever they wanted to talk about uh, through their experience as a queer wrestling fan. Um, I, you know, have my own experiences as a uh, queer wrestling fan, as a bisexual gender queer uh wrestling fan um but that doesn't represent everyone's um so i wanted to give that opportunity to you know get a broader uh, perspective um the reaction and responses that got are incredible and were way more than i was necessarily expecting when i put that call out so uh, you'll be hearing me reading any written responses that we were sent um and then also we were sent some uh, recorded responses as well so um, you're going to be hearing a little bit of a mix of both those things. So, um, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who sent in responses. It means so much to get the kind of reaction we did. So thank you. This response is from Beth, who is at Songwriter on Twitter. I'm Beth. I'm 33 years old from Chicago, Illinois. I identify as a cis queer woman. Pronouns are she and her. She and her. I've been an on-and-off wrestling fan since I was a child, but stopped watching around the tail end of the Attitude Era early 2000s until maybe 2014-ish. Wrestling was before realizing I was queer, but coming back into it as an adult and queer changed the way I handled wrestling. I tend to stay with LGBTQIA+, or female-dominated fan circles with wrestling, because I find it easier to feel more like myself. I primarily watch nowadays Joshi promotions, New Japan Pro Wrestling, sometimes Pro Wrestling Noah, and local women's promotions in Shimmer and Rise. I find wrestling to be kind of a weird ground of almost being like five years old behind the times at all times. Being outwardly queer and a wrestling fan seems to still stun people while trying to pretend it isn't an issue. When LGBTQIA plus representation or safety, hell, even being a woman with having issues of feeling safe compounded on top of it. So yeah, being a queer wrestling fan is a big thing for me. Also, I just mostly spend my time in love with Keijetsu and yelling at people about Los Ingobernables de Hippon otherwise. Hey guys, it's uh, Emma, you know, Dr. Blur, Professor of Blurgonomics, all that stuff that Zach likes to call me and you know Isai and Derek and Matt like to call me on the podcast. Um, Zach sent me some questions to answer on this deep dive uh, on LGBTQ wrestling stuff since that is the topic that they are doing this week. And so I'm going to run through these really quick because I keep on forgetting to do this for Zach. Zach, I'm so sorry that I keep on forgetting to do this. I've also redone this like six times because I keep on screwing up my words. Uh, Quickly introduce yourself. Obviously, I'm Emma, Dr. Blurg. I've been on the podcast once or twice before, so you know who I am. Uh, I've talked about when I started watching wrestling, which was about two years ago. I did not know that I was trans back then. I just knew that I wasn't straight. It wasn't until about end of June 2018 where I was like, oh, 
I'm a girl. How does be, uh, the next question is, how does being queer inform or impact your wrestling fandom? It basically means I can't watch anything from like the Attitude Era or anything basically before when I started watching, just because a lot of it is just inherently not inclusive and just very gross, and so I just don't want to deal with it. Um, the next question is, what are your thoughts on LGBT represent- representation in pro wrestling now? Um, obviously, it could be better. Obviously, I'd like to see more. But the fact that, you know, Nyla Rose is signed with AEW and she's had such a good... Uh, that last, last match that she had at uh, the CEO show was so impressive and cool. And so I'm hoping that with Nyla Rose she can kind of lead the charge to getting more trans people in wrestling. Not just trans women, but trans men. You know, everybody should be able to wrestle if they want to wrestle. And I think that creating that more diverse cast means that more people will feel more feel more welcome in coming in. Um, there's not really anything else for me to say. These are just kind of a few quick questions that Zach wanted me to answer. I wanted to also just say thank you to, obviously, the boys on the show. And thank you to all of my friends in wrestling. I've made so many friends in wrestling since I started. And they've all been so accepting of me since I have come out as trans. And obviously, I appreciate all of them. You know, the wrestle, wrestling boys... Uh, you, you know, my friends, Ashley, Val, you know, everybody who, you know, I interact with on Twitter on a super regular basis. I appreciate all of you so much. And I think as our communities get bigger and bigger and stronger, we can start pushing out all the stupid dickheads. So I, we don't have to deal with them anymore. That would be great. So that's all I really have to say. Thanks, Zach, for asking me to do this. I'm sorry that I keep on making it late, but here you go. This response is from Lindsay Matson, wonderful li- longtime listener of the show. Thanks for sending this in, Lindsay. Uh, I'm Lindsay. I'm queer and pansexual. Use she and they pronouns. I became a wrestling fan at age 24, almost six years ago, and had already been out queer since being a teenager. As a queer, feminist, and anti-racist wrestling fan, there are certainly things within wrestling storylines and culture that can make me on edge. When, starting, when, when I started watching wrestling, I watched in real time instead of going back and catching up on historical wrestling. Of course, as I've gotten more into it, I do come across older matches and stories, and I'm not sure I would have become a fan if I had started at a time when any gay-ish character was automatically a heel, racialized tropes were rampant, and women were constantly sexualized, demoralized, and not given opportunities to showcase their talents. This response is from Kayla McQuarrie who sent me this through Facebook. Uh, Thank you, Kayla. I'm Kayla. I'm a gay trans woman. My pronouns are she and her. I wrestle at Burning Hearts Fighting Entertainment as Kayla Fizz. I used to watch wrestling as a kid, way before I came out, but got back into it in the last few years after coming out. I got back into it from a mix of having a lot of free time because I lost my job and also Glow having first come out. Having listened to a Mountain Goats album about wrestling, great album, by the way, Kayla, great choice, and just being interested in seeing what it was still like. I think all of of the problems with LGBT plus representation in wrestling in the past are pretty well covered. I think now is a relatively better time for queer representation in wrestling in terms of having mostly moved past gay panic villains, and most queer characters are, as far as I know, played by queer wrestlers. 
obviously in terms of established big companies like WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, and New Japan, there's not many queer wrestlers who are getting much of a chance. Still waiting for the babyface Sonya Deville push I need. I'm relatively optimistic about AEW. I love Nyla Rose in the the fighter three-way, and I really dug Sunny Kiss when I saw them in Lucha Underground. I really hope we get to see Sunny booked as a credible competitor while being so explicitly queer. I kind of get why commentary hasn't brought up Nyla being trans, seeing as she's booked and presented as a monster heel. It could seem kind of awkward. But I think there are a lot of queer wrestlers on the indie scene who are very under the radar currently, but I'm very hopeful there will be a breakout there soon. Did you see Effie's promo at the Rise Pride event? You should definitely watch that because if it made me feel really hopeful for the future. Uh, absolutely, yes, by the way, just jumping in here. You'll hear us talk about that on the episode. This response is from Aaron, I believe it's pronounced Keese. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that, Aaron, who's at Aaron Keese on Twitter, E-R-I-N-K-Y-S. Uh, Aaron was a person who was amazing enough to uh, wear one of our Carly Rae Jepsen-inspired uh, T-shirts that they bought when they uh, went to see Raw, uh, like, last year. So that was really awesome. Thank you for that, Aaron, and thank you for sending this in. All right, here's Aaron's response. Okay, I have some words. I identify as bisexual. My pronouns are she, her. My wrestling fandom and my queerness are pretty deeply intertwined at this point. And to be honest, wrestling has impacted my bisexuality as much or possibly more than the other way around. Falling hard for wrestling and really coming into my queerness happened a few short months apart. I've heard from some other bisexual people, their struggles with identity and self-doubt, and I've struggled as well. I mean... You hear enough biphobia and you see enough bi erasure and it's hard to keep the little voice out. Are my feelings valid? Am I really bi enough? Like really, really? And you know what? As I watched more and more what watched more and more wrestling, it all just started coming together for me. Thank you, women's divisions of the world. I can now say with one hundred percent certainty I'm absolutely bi as hell and absolutely cried over Finn's Rainbow Mania entrance. The Golden Lovers, people like the Nobodies, and really queer wrestling Twitter as a whole all helped me grow into the baby queer mark I am today. Both LGBTQIA plus wrestling and I have way, have a ways to go and there are always bumps in the road, but I can't help but to feel extremely optimistic when amazing shows like last weekend's Rise, Pride, and Joy are happening and there is Effie in our world. Hey, uh, my name is Emily Townsend, and I identify as a gender. So I don't identify within the gender spectrum, and therefore my pronouns are kind of anything. I tend to stick to she just because it's it's the default. I look like what most people's general mental picture of a she is, um, but I'm comfortable with they, not so comfortable with he, um, yeah, I lately have been, uh, humorously referring to myself as gender agnostic, as in, I'm not sure if I believe in gender, and if it's true, I sure as heck don't like it. Anyway, I became a wrestling fan in June of 2016, when Dean Ambrose won Money in the Bank and cashed in. That's kind of the moment that crystallized my fandom. And I, I knew I was queer around this time, but I wasn't really 
fully out yet. I kind of came out around the time of the Pulse nightclub shooting uh, because at that point I felt that it was kind of irresponsible to keep pretending I was straight when people in my community were literally dying because of it. Um, and being queer has really impacted my wrestling fandom in that I don't really seek out the older stuff from really before I became a fan. I've, I've sought out the S.H.I.E.L.D. because they're the, the people who really drew me in, so I've seen sort of their matches from before, but I haven't really touched a lot of the stuff because I know there are a lot of kind of queer-phobic and especially transphobic things in wrestling of the past, especially the Attitude Era. Um, love Cody Rhodes, love Dustin Rhodes now, probably wouldn't go back and touch anything of the old gold dust just because I've heard so many things. Um, in the present, I am super pumped about Sonya Deville. I think she's amazing. I totally hardcore mood feel how she just like accidentally came out in her uh, like end of tryout sort of thing where they were like, oh, like wh who's your husband back home? And she's like, ah, oh, well, my girlfriend. Um, but I'm like really scared because it looks like they're gonna do a, a <laughs> capital L lesbian TM storyline with her and I'm not sure I trust the WWE as a company to treat that with respect. Um, marked out super hard for Golden Lovers last year, Kenny Omega, Kata Ibushi. Whether or not they're actually in their personal lives dating, their storyline, they are 100% in love and I love that and it's great and it's not played for laughs it's played as extra drama and it's played as exactly what a relationship should play out as and I think as someone who really does approach wrestling as the the storyline first and foremost I think being queer impacts me as I can kind of invent my own storylines a little bit more so in some ways I think it makes my enjoyment a little bit better I remember one of my straight friends was like oh I I always just assume that every tag team is dating and if they turn on each other it's because they're like having a fight or a bad breakup and it just makes everything more fun and I think that really has kind of informed me because I, I view these people as performers playing characters and so when I'm reading storylines I'm not actually you know thinking that the real Kenny Omega and Kata Ibushi or whatever and I'm not thinking that like Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are actually in their real lives because obviously I think Mandy Rose, I believe, identifies as straight. But for me, like, looking at the characters, I think being queer has allowed me to, like, read in my own fun storylines when, you know, I'm sitting there for a show that I've bought tickets to and it gets to a point that, like, their storyline might be boring me a little and I can just kind of add in and make it fun for myself. Anyway, thank you so much for... Uh, letting me come on the show and talk. Uh, this response is from Amir, who is at nine, the blonde on Twitter. It's the number nine, then the word blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E. My name's Amir. I'm a bisexual trans man, and my preferred pronouns are he, him. I got into wrestling when I was seven, seven or eight, and that's just because I have older siblings who watched it, so I watched it with them. At this time, I did not know I was LGBT at all, but I understood that being LGBT was bad. So the point where I was questioning things, I rejected it for a bit. However, when I finally just admitted it, which was about two years ago, I looked for things that were LGBT as well, including in wrestling. 
It ended up impacting the wrestling fandom I joined on Twitter as I mainly became mutuals with other LGBT people. I think this is because we can all relate to one another more. Plus, it's more fun. As for me right now, LGBT representation is very, very important in wrestling. I watched WWE for most of my life, and there really wasn't anything good there, and so I really hadn't thought actual representation existed, honestly. Now I see Nyla Rose out there in AEW, and I'm extremely proud and happy to where we're going. Though the first time I saw representation when I had watched Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega at Dominion, it was the first time I had ever seen a New Japan Pro Wrestling match, and it was so obvious to me that whoever this Kenny guy and whoever this Ibushi guy was were not just friends. They just didn't act like it, is what I thought. So from where I started knowing about Golden Lovers and their story and how it's been there for years, they have really impacted me, honestly. It's the impact of representation and a positive one at that. New Japan in general is like really, really gay. Maybe it's cause it's on all in all men's promotion. Another person in there who comes to mind is Hiromu Takahashi and El Desperado. Their implicit romantic advances are so, so important to me, similar to Golden Lovers. They aren't questioned at all. They say and do things to let's say Dragon Lee, Kota Ibushi, Koshida, or even Shother, and it's just accepted and used in intricate stories. I really love it. This response is from Lilith Nicole Kemp, who sent it to me on Facebook. Thank you, Lilith. My name is Lilith. I'm a lesbian trans woman, and my pronouns are she and her. I became a wrestling fan watching The Raw after Survivor Series 2015. If I went back, it would probably be garbage. This was deep into the Roman beats everyone versus all crap in the lead up to WrestleMania 32. But I was watching with my girlfriend at the time, who then became my wife and is now just a very good friend and I was immediately enthralled. The over-the-top production, the overwrought emotions, the violence, it's camp and sport at the same time, and I'm so into it. I knew I was queer when I was about 12 or 13, maybe. That's when I first had my first inklings, but didn't really figure out all of my stuff until I was about 22 when I transitioned, which would have been three or to four years before I got into wrestling. I'm about to turn 28. Being a lesbian trans woman has affected my wrestling fandom in a lot of ways. It's how I got into it, but it's also like uh, but it's also like limited my fandom. All of my wrestling friends are also queer and we all enjoy it very on a very like campy, sometimes detached level. There's only so much Randy Orton you can take seriously as a self-aware gay person, you know. I still cringe anytime I see any attempt at LGBT inclusion in pro wrestling. I think there's a couple companies like AEW in particular that are making some strides, obviously, but even the way Nyla Rose is presented gives me some pause. Something about the beast imagery gives me personal discomfort, but I can tell it's being handled responsibly and with a good intention, and I'm excited to see where she and the company are going. As far as other promotions, I really haven't seen much outside of maybe the Golden Lovers, and that's gi- that's given me much hope. Dustin Rhodes is a supremely talented wrestler, and Goldust is in some ways iconic, and I think was a huge piece of deeply flawed representation for kids growing up. I know my ex has definitely talked about him that way. I'm hopeful things are reaching some kind of turning point. 
AEW clearly has the best intentions. WWE even seems to want to make some amends, but at the same time, things could get a lot worse before they get any better. Uh, I am Jay Smith. Um, I run a podcast called Ranger Splain. You may see my ship post on Twitter every now and then as Jay Jackets. And my identity and pronouns, I am a trans queer man. And my pronouns are he, they. I say queer because um, it's kind of weird to say aromantic, gray ace, homosexual man, so whatever. How did I become a wrestling fan? That's weird in and of itself because I took a break from wrestling when I ended up moving away from my dad. So my dad watched wrestling forever and I remember I would make fun of him for it until about the Attitude Era and he was watching a lot of WCW because uh, he didn't like what was going on at then WWF. And um, I ended up just getting sucked into it with him and just loving it from there. And then I would, then when my parents divorced and he... I ended up moving in with my mom. I just kind of stopped watching. I picked up every now and then. My favorite story really is, um, excuse me, um, finding TNA and thinking that's what happened to WCW. I mean, this was before, like, the internet was a big thing with social media. So, you know, I didn't know better. <laughs> Later found out the truth. Pretty much was. <laughs> that's my joke. But uh, from there, uh, I was wasn't in about till late 20 teens that I got back into it because of my best friend Ashley. Um, she showed me bits of the shield and everything and what was currently going on and I would read her Twitter and a lot of my friends were getting into it in comics so I just decided to uh, just watch with one of my friends. I actually went to a Smackdown. That was my first time going back into wrestling was watching a Smackdown in Cincinnati right before WrestleMania and I watched WrestleMania and it was the one when they were in Texas. I don't know what year that is. I'm bad with years. So I ended up being a wrestling fan ever since. So that's been a very decently long time for me to be in a fandom. Um, <clears throat> at, at this point, did you know you were queer? Yes. Um, because when I started watching wrestling is right after I came out as trans to, after figuring all it all out, I came out as trans and I went through a breakup with my ex-fiance and I needed something to just kind of be an outlet. And I, I had a lot of things that happened. I won't go into it, but I needed an outlet and it ended up being wrestling. Um, so... How does being queer and former impact your wrestling fandom? I will say that there's so many things that impact it, <clears throat> both on Twitter and going to shows. And I think the main thing is going to shows. Um, sometimes I don't feel safe at shows. Um, sometimes I just kind of have the hair standing on the back of my neck. And just, I remember one show in Tennessee. It's a promotion that, uh, Ashley and I weren't familiar with. We were there to see the carnies and just hair stood the back of our necks. And I told her, it's like, if one person lets the F slur out, we are leaving. <laughs> like, I was so afraid to catch hands at that 
like vicinity so it's like it's it's a catch-22 of like do i feel safe at the show or not like i've never felt safe at a ring of honor show um i would always because i would go by myself and mainly to see was then the addiction before they were scu and they're um and frankie's a friend of mine so i don't want to name drop him but the reason i am is because i would hang around his table because i just felt unsafe (laughs) And I didn't want to, like, mingle with anybody. Just kind of, like, I'm just gonna hang around you two because Frankie looks like he can kill people and that makes me feel more comfortable. And then I would sit in the audience and it would be, like, a nightmare. Uh, Yeah, like, the only time I would never, like, hang out around their tables when Ashley would be around with me, so. What are your thoughts on LGBTQA representation in pro wrestling, past, present, whatever you want to touch on? I will say in the past um, and present, trans people kind of need to have more representation, particularly trans men. We have a we have a good decent amount of trans women wrestlers and non-binary wrestlers. We have Jamie Senegal. We have uh, Nyla Rose. We have Candy Lee. There's probably a couple of others I'm missing. Um... But we don't have trans mask or trans men. So I would like to see more of that. But other than that, my main focus is mainly on uh, trans representation. A lot of people will go over like sexuality representation and how it is. But trans representation is kind of my big thing. Um, I will say the indie circuit um, skews more towards um, liberalism than mainstream um and that's because wrestling has always been a conservative artwork um for the longest time in its modern iteration so um you have people you have a lot of queer talent on the indie scene uh particularly effie that's thriving right now and then you watch the mainstream stuff and it's just kind of like not there but one of the things that makes me give hope i don't want to give them too much credit because they haven't done much yet uh, is AEW All Elite Wrestling and Nyla Rose is Nyla Rose is not treated as a sideshow freak or other or you know normally what you would see like trans people being representation represented even in media today that isn't wrestling you know it's always the freak ooh she used to be a man type shit and no Nyla Rose is a competent woman wrestler she just happens to be trans and that makes me very happy that Nyla Rose is treated as such by a big company like that like she isn't treated at all like how trans people are normally treated in media so I'm hoping more from there um but yeah that's kind of my thing about queer wrestling I mainly focus on trans representation more than I focus on uh anything else and like i said i would like to see more trans mask trans men um i don't see myself represented and a lot of people don't realize that like trans people don't follow under the same umbrella my experiences are different from every trans man and also my experience is very very different from a trans woman so you know it's no, we're not an umbrella of experience, and I would love to see a trans mask person or a trans man person, uh, trans man person, uh, excuse me there, but, uh, 
really take the art form. And I know a lot of trans men are trying to get in the business and at least training. But from what I heard, there's a lot of back, backlash with trans mask people. Uh, particularly, like, they want you to train like a woman. Which is a bunch of bullshit. But yeah, there's a lot of you, they treat you like a woman, they train you like a woman, etc. They don't, and it, it comes from culture in general, just not knowing that trans men exist. I've always said we are cryptids in the trans community and the queer community because we kind of are. Like a lot of, there's a lot of trans women representation and that's good, but it's like people forget that trans men exist and it's kind of weird and awkward and treat us like women light. You know, trans women are treated as uh, these deceivers with penises that are going to sexually molest you. And trans men, if we are treated as anything, it's like, oh, you're woman light. You're, you're half woman because you got a vagina and it's really annoying. So, you know, we, we get mistreated. So I would like to see more trans mask representation and I would like to see the community at large embrace that and not also like treat trans masculine people and trans men as women light as, oh, their, their bones are going to break because one, we've seen that women kill it. Cis women and trans women kill it on the scene. You know, flat out. They're some of the best wrestlers. One of the best wrestlers in the world is Mako Satomura, a cis woman. So, you know, she's arguably the best living wrestler right now. So, you know, women women have it. Women can take bumps. Obviously, American people don't watch Joshi wrestling because it's like Joshi bumps are insane. So, you know whatever and you know stop treating trans men as delicate little flowers and women light and maybe we'll see more representation on that but other than that uh that's kind of it again my name is jay and um i hope you enjoyed my ranting this response is from louis or lewis thomas um thank you uh for sending this I'm a bisexual non-binary person uh, with they, them pronouns. I've only been watching wrestling for about a year and a half or so, but I was hooked pretty much instantly. I started with WWE, but I branched out to New Japan and AEW is radical. I like wrestling because it's performance art and watching it as a queer person is interesting because I can totally see parallels between drag shows and other performance stuff. It was tough coming in through WWE because so much of their content, especially older stuff, has low-key, homophobic, transphobic, sexist content, which is why I tended to look more towards New Japan and NXT. I'm really happy to see an influx of queer wrestlers and allies as of late, like Sonya Deville and Finn Balor. Meanwhile, AEW has been knocking it out of the park with queer representation and not making it a selling point of their bookings, which is awesome. Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose are amazing. Still a lot of work to be done, but I'm happy to see some change, I guess. This response is from Emma Harkham, who is Emma Tomorrow on Twitter. My name's Emma. I'm a cis bisexual woman, she, her pronouns, from New York, but now live in the UK. I watched wrestling as I flipped through channels as a kid, but really got into it my senior year of high school when my little sister decided she wanted to become a wrestler, and we watched all the time. So really, I got into it about 2013, so leading up to WrestleMania 30. 
This was around the same time I was letting myself acknowledge I was queer. I had always had attraction to people of other genders, but since I was also attracted to men, I had ignored it. Being queer informs every part of my wrestling fandom. Lots of wrestlers that other people really like think AJ Styles. I literally can't stand because I know they're homophobes. Also, I was very invested in the Golden Lover storyline because having bi-representation, however tenuously confirmed, in Kenny Omega was really validating to me. LGBTQ representation in wrestling has so far to go. Sonya Deville is an out lesbian in WWE, but is currently a heel, so more demonizing of the quote-unquote other. Finn puts on a rainbow t-shirt, but really is only allowed to say Balor Club is for everyone. As with all WWE's philanthropy, philanthropy, it's performative as fuck and just all about capitalism, not about actually changing society. At least we've moved on a bit from queer-coded characters being evil and also having slurs and slurs used against them like gold dust. But in the WWE, things are not great. AEW gives me hope with people like Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose, and I can't wait for them to become huge stars. Also, I'm from New York, and there is a matter of pride wrestling there, which is a queer-controlled promotion who feature amazing promotions of all genders, sexualities, and races who are amazing. And that's the kind of thing I want to see get huge and mainstream. Also, Effie Lives is one of my favorite cur- favorite wrestlers at the moment. Hi, my name's Elle. I'm from the UK and I identify as transmask and pansexual. Uh, and I use either he or they pronouns, either is fine. Uh, so really, I've only become a wrestling fan in the last couple of years, thanks to my boyfriend Kai. Uh, I was vaguely aware of it before then, but it didn't really seem like something that I'd enjoy. It wasn't something that I'd grown up with it all so it wasn't something I really knew anything about. Um, I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to my interests and I'm not very sporty so that combined with being LGBT kind of just made me say that it wasn't something for me. Um, Kai's been a wrestling fan for a long time so uh, when we got together I said that I'd try watching some matches with him. Uh, It was mostly WWE, uh, quite a lot of Smackdown and Raw, a little bit of NXT um quite a lot of women's matches i i was much more interested in the women's wrestling than the men's to be honest i found a lot of the men's uh style quite boring uh, at first <laughs> so um yeah really at first i found that i wasn't super fussed by the actual fighting aspect but i did really enjoy the theatrics and the storytelling and this kind of led me to research into that stuff a lot more a lot of the kind of personas and the kind of ongoing stories um, I've been out as pan and trans uh, in in some way for like a long time before I got into wrestling and I think this was honestly one of the things that put me off getting more into it at first uh, because I didn't think it was going to be a very welcoming space for those kind of things but as I got into it more I did find uh, kind of smaller online spaces uh, with mostly kind of LGBT wrestling fans, uh, trans wrestling fans which has been really cool Uh, I think having fandom spaces for everyone, you know, where you can talk about whatever you're interested in without any ridicule is important, but even more so if you're part of a group of people who are already mocked for who you are so much. And uh, the other thing is if you ever need more people to talk about something you like with, the best trick is to just drag all your friends into it with you, which is what I've been trying to do. (laughs) Um, In terms of what I watch, I watch more New Japan uh, really than anything else and I think that's because I enjoy the the style of wrestling more and the idea of the faction system, how ingrained it is, really stuck with me. 
Uh, I'm a big LIJ fan and I think the reason that I kind of was drawn to them so much is the idea of all these kind of outcasts and, and weird, kind of more weird style people kind of coming together into this one team that seems more like a family to stand against the more kind of straight-laced or traditional factions or like the home team. Uh, it, I think that's something that speaks quite a lot to uh, LGBT people. Um, and also they're all just very extra, which helps a lot. Um, so there's really not many or any uh, LGBT wrestlers over in New Japan right now. Um, I've been wanting to kind of catch up on uh, some of the kind of newer, newer promotions, All Elite, and uh, kind of seek out some smaller promotions as well to try and support uh, more LGBT wrestlers. But alas, my time is quite limited at the moment, so I haven't been able to do that as much as I'd like to. Uh, I'm still pretty new, new to wrestling and I feel like I'm still learning about everything and I feel like a baby <laughs> when it comes to everything. But I think it's really important to have these conversations around representation uh, to look at both the positives and the negatives so we can hopefully push for positive change in the future. Hi, uh, my name is Ashley Leckwold. I am a uh, writer for Daily DDT, Graphic Policy. I've done previous work for Pace Magazine and Pro Wrestling Sheet specifically for wrestling. Well, Pro Wrestling Sheet obviously specifically for wrestling, but Pace Magazine was also specifically for wrestling. Uh, I also co-host the podcast Ranger's Plane with uh, Jay Smith. Um, and so I am a uh, bisexual woman. Um, my pronouns are she, her, uh, though uh, they is fine as well. Um, just prefer she, her, obviously. Um, okay, so I became a wrestling fan when I was about 20... I was about to turn 25, so that would have been 2015, right around the time of WrestleMania 31. So, you know, the uh, WrestleMania where the main event, uh, Seth Rollins cashed in his Money in the Bank contract. Uh, at that point, I had known I was queer for a very long time. Uh, I actually came, I first started coming, I first realized I was queer when I was 16 years old in 2006. And I started coming out as queer about the following year in 2007, eight, yeah, 2007. So I would have been a senior in high school uh, and I graduated in 2008. So I was out to pretty much most of my friends and I think a lot of my teachers were aware I was queer as well. My dad didn't, but that's a whole nother story. So I had been a queer for about, mm, or been openly queer for almost a decade when I started watching wrestling and, um, I guess it's kind of strange because especially like I grew up in the deep, well, not deep South. Well, yeah, deep South. I grew up in Northwest Georgia, uh, specifically in, um, Cartersville. And, um, I, but I wasn't allowed to, I had knew a lot of people who watched wrestling, especially when I was in elementary school and the attitude era was kind of at its peak. So I had a lot of kids I knew that were like into Stone Cold Steve Austin and, staying even though he was WCW and all of that um but I it's not that I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid it was just more of that um my dad actively discouraged it and broke kayfabe for me when I was like five years old so I have a very weird experience with my Russell fandom because I got into it in my late 20s mid 20s and um 
I already went into it knowing that it was quote quote fake. Um, so yeah, it was, I've definitely known I was queer much longer than I've known I liked wrestling. Um, I guess how I became a wrestling fan again, it was just, um, I got into it around the time of yeah, that 2015 era. And it's not because anything that was happening in WWE at the time, even though I was kind of vaguely aware of it. Um, especially I had watched the uh, whole, I hate even mentioning it, but the uh, Max Landis video of Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, um, which I can't in good conscience recommend watching that video anymore because Max Landis is a terrible fucking human being. Um, sorry for the cursing. You can obviously edit that. Um, but yeah, he's a terrible human. I don't recommend watching that, but it didn't cover the whole Triple H storyline. Um, so I kind of had a better idea of what wrestling was from that. And, um, but what really got me into it is that, uh, AJ Lee was really into comic books. There's a lot, especially a lot of the comic books I was reading at the time, um, one of them being the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, which is one of my favorite comic series of all time. Like, it's probably in my top three. And um, so I was like, okay, obviously I have to know who this particular person is and what her job is. And then from there I discovered Paige and I was really into Seth Rollins' look. And I, so I wanted to watch WrestleMania 31 and kind of fell head over heels watching that opening ladder match where excuse me fell head over heels watching that opening ladder match with for the Intercontinental Championship I was like Dean Ambrose Dolph Ziggler Daniel Bryan uh, Luke Harper Stardust and Wade Barrett I think if I remember right uh, which is weird to try to remember six people that were in that match and I probably missed somebody hopefully not but yeah, that's kind of how I got into wrestling is just watching, you know, a wrestler that I thought was cool, really liked, um, really liked Hawkeye. And then I just actually watched wrestling from there and it was pretty awesome. And that was started a whole thing for me. And it's weird to think that started a whole thing for me. Um, so I guess how does being queer impact inform my wrestling fandom? Oh, goodness. So, like, it definitely, that's such a strange question to answer. It's kind of a hard one to put into words, but basically, I know it definitely informs my wrestling fandom because it makes me ha pay attention to the people I'm surrounding myself with. Um, because there's a lot of still very straight cis normative views in wrestling fandom. And I talked about this a little bit. Um, I was interviewed for, uh, AJ plus a couple of months ago. Um, uh, I talked for them for like 45 minutes and they only were able to do like a two minute video, but I, I expected that. Um, but yeah, there's still some very heteronormative cis normative views in wrestling fandom. And it's, it's odd, and sometimes, like, especially going to live shows, I definitely sometimes feel like the odd person out. Um, just being there oftentimes got myself as a single woman, uh, as a queer woman, um, 
as a queer woman who has a lot of trans friends that I care deeply about. And it definitely, like, it makes me seek out the people in wrestling fandom that, like, wrestling fandom tries to ignore. So a lot of the people I interact with in fandom are women, especially queer women, um, queer women, especially if they're on the leftist side, a lot of trans fans I talk to as well. Um, I mean, obviously it's not, not every woman I know that I talk to in wrestling is queer, but a vast majority of them are. Um, and it thinks it, it makes me a little bit more aware of things. Like, I definitely have been in times where there have been storylines. God, I can't even think of a specific specific one right now. But just there have been times where there's been storylines that have kind of, like, made me wary as a woman. Um, That, like, other people, like, well, when I say other people, I mean mostly straight men, don't really seem to notice. Um, and I think right now the current one I can think of is like the, um, uh, it's like the current hints that they've been leaving on WWE television about Sonya and Mandy, which hasn't really gone anywhere yet. And I think I've mostly seen like queer women, um, being kind of wary about it. It's like, uh, we don't really need to go back to hot lesbian action, especially if Eric Bischoff's running the show. And I, you know, I add my wariness to that as well, but, like, you know, when you see, like, the straight men online, like, hitting on Sonya Deville, like, they can, like, change her, or they, they don't even realize. And at this point, how can you not? But, I don't know, it just makes me more cognizant of how much work needs to be done to make wrestling a more welcoming space for those with queer identities, uh, women, um, those with varying gender identities. Yeah, it just, it just makes me more aware and sometimes a little hyper aware and feeling like I am somehow in a room half dressed and everyone's got their eyes on me. Just, it's that, it's that feeling. It's that feeling of like waking up in a dream sometimes where like, It's that feeling of, like, when you showed up to school in a dream and you're not wearing any clothes on. And some shows I don't feel that at all. Like, there are some, like, shows I've been to where it's been totally fine. Um, I guess WWE shows are so big, like, I can't even, I can't even begin to think about that. I mean, NXT shows I definitely sometimes feel like, yeah, I am the only queer person here. Like, oh, God, one of the worst... Um, things I've ever heard somebody say at a wrestling show was at an NXT show where some dude, I don't even want to repeat it, but this dude managed to, like, say, be transphobic, body shaming, and, you know, I'm just going to say it. Uh, and this is terrible. But this dude basically said something it was that, He's talking about Charlotte and how much she looks like her dad because obviously she's a flair and genetics work like that. And this guy said that he was talking about how ugly she was because she looked like a man. And uh, he goes, oh, well, Reed Flair's not dead. He just got a sex change. 
And this dude can obviously see how mad I am that he said that. And he had no remorse. And so, like, yeah, those, like, especially NXT shows sometimes, it is obviously feeling like you're, you got a lot of eyes on you. And not just because, like, I mean, for me, I cosplay a lot of shows. So it's like, it's not just because of the cosplay. It's because I'm here. I am a queer woman. I... I don't take people's shit and I stand out and it's kind of terrifying. And so, but I'm, I'm lucky that I've encountered a lot of places where it can feel safe at shows again, or in general. Um, oftentimes it has to be around a big city or all ages shows or X, Y, Z. Um, but there's a lot of places out there that are starting to get better about that. Um... Yes, moving on now to what are your thoughts on um, queer representation in pro wrestling? So I touched on this when I, like I said, when I touched on this when I talked to AJ Plus and I think Effie, Nyla Rose, a um, bunch of like queer wrestlers have brought this up is that this is this current era especially in, in, in independent wrestling, because we don't really have a whole lot of representation so far in like WWE, um, AEW, I'll touch on that in a bit, but trying to gather my thoughts here. Pro wrestling in right now has some of the best queer representation that I've ever seen, especially in the indie circuit, because you have like a bunch of wrestlers, even like queer wrestlers I'm just learning about, like this past month where DJ Accident Report highlighted a queer wrestler every day for Pride. So that was 30 wrestlers. Um, so you had people like, uh, God, I'm spacing on names right now, like, but like, there's still queer wrestlers there I don't want to aware of, but are also queer wrestlers that I know of, like Candy Lee and, um, I already mentioned Nyla Rose. I already mentioned Effie. Ashton Starr, who I know from the Georgia scene. And he's fantastic. I love him so much. And, like, he's come... Um, he's gotten better, like, every time I've seen him. But, like, in the past, like, year, he's, like, already, like... He's going above and beyond how I've seen him in the past. And, like... And it's been really great to go to shows. Um, I mean, there was an unfortunate incident at one show earlier this year where some person kept call yelling at him, you go girl, because he was working heel and it was just, they were being, uh, basically they were just being homophobic. But I've gone to plenty of promotions where he's like super beloved face that everyone, it doesn't matter the fact that he's gay or if it does, he doesn't let it bother him. Um, I, like, I talked to him at one show where it's, like, it was a Southern Honor Wrestling, and he had a match with Effie, and it was Effie's birthday, um, and Ashton made a point where, you know, it was also Pride Month, and that was, you know, how big of a deal it was for them to wrestle as two queer wrestlers during Pride Month, and some guy in the row in front of me starts doing that, and I was about to ready to go over and fight him, but these two girls next to him, and I... I assume they're straight just based on, I guess, just kind of look in uh, who they were with. But they were just basically, they turned to him and were like, shut up. Just stop it. Shut up. And I was like, okay, awesome. I didn't have to fight anybody tonight. 
And I talked to Ashton about that late after the show, and he was like, they weren't, like, what could they do about it? And that was like, I don't know. I think that was just a really good way to look at that. But yeah, I think currently, I mean, there's still a lot of ways to go. Like, it's awesome to see Sonya Deville be out and open in WWE, especially when, like, you know, previously in the past, like, the most we had in terms of representation was, you know, Darren Young, but they wouldn't let him be open on television. It was a whole thing about, like, oh, well, Fred Rosser is gay, but Darren Young isn't. And it was, it felt like such a cop-out. But it's it's awesome to see Sonya be proud and open on TV, but so far it feels like she's second banana to Mandy. Um, you know, Mandy Rose being the hot blonde... The, being the hot blonde one gets the most attention. Um, but it's awesome to see her be open on TV. It's awesome to see, like, you know, Nyla Rose and Sunny Kiss be in AEW. And it's not about them being like, oh, well, is, they're not there for the trophy point. They're not the trophy points. Brownie points. Brownie points is the phrase there. <laughs> Um, but it's awesome to see them be out and open and who they are in AEW and not be there to be like a sideshow act or especially Nyla Rose. Like she is a proud trans woman, bisexual, um, native wrestler and she is a badass and she gets treated like the badass that she is and it's never really been brought up on commentary like that she is trans, but they don't try to hide it either whenever she, like, talks to the press or they don't try to hide it on Twitter. Like, she's out there in the open on Twitter being herself, which is awesome. And it's, like, it's, sometimes it feels like, you know, we've come a long way from, like, having to keep that in the closet for, you know, for a lack of a better phrase, to keep your job. And it's nice to see that she gets presented as, like, you know, the super strong badass she is without having to, like, make any untoward jokes about her, like, her transness. And, I don't know, I just, I really admire, like, so far that's what I've really admired the most about AEW. Like, I, I hesitate so far to say if they're changing the wrestling game, because they've only had, like, two shows, soon to be three. But I feel like that's a good spirit to keep moving forward when including queer wrestlers on your show and you know Effie made a great point um, back at Rise this past weekend where he said you know you have all of these queer wrestlers who are brought out in June to um, you know basically it's like show that we're not you know we're not hateful or we like queer people or gay people, or however you want to phrase that. But after June, it's like, where are are the bookings? And at this point, it's like, you have to, you know, you keep an eye on that shit. You keep an eye out for it. And I think we are in a good place of representation, and it can only get better. And it's like, I said it once before, like in that AJ Plus interview, where I said, you've opened up the can of worms, good luck trying to get it back in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm hopeful about 
where we are currently for pro wrestling and queer representation. Um, obviously, I don't know where WWE is going to go with how they represent Sonya and Mandy's friendship budge, uh, blooming relationship or crush or whatever you want to freaking call it. I don't know where that's going to go, but I feel like it's already somewhat improved from where it was with um, uh, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> Which I've never actually watched Billy and Chuck and like I don't think I want to. You know, I'll, I'll leave that to I'll leave that to my friend Nick Iggy. I know he's a huge um, Billy Gunn fan and he's like the only person I know that really loves like Billy and Chuck and Rico and uh, surprisingly he's straight. <laughs> no, not surprisingly, but um, I'll leave that to him to enjoy. I'm, that's not for me. Um, but hopefully just in the future, we get to see more of, more of positive representation, not, not, <sighs> token's not the right word, but I want to see more positive representation. I want to see more of, yes, this person is queer, but they are as tough as anybody else or be celebrated for that queerness and not just in, in June. I, you know, I want to see like my friends who are wrestlers and are queer thrive. I, I just want to see, I just want to see queer people thrive in general. So I, we are getting better slowly, but it's getting there. And I have hope for that. And even when I'm not always in love with wrestling, I, <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. Even when I don't always like wrestling, I'm always in love with wrestling and I always want the best for it. And so I feel like we are going to, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Anyway, thank you for this.